Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of The Warp Shelf with Frank and Deshaun. And uh, basically, The Warp Shelf is anything, we're going to cover anything that can fit on a shelf. Pretty much. Yeah, Just pretty much. Anything. Movies, comics, collectibles, anything like that. We're, we're guys who have lots of shelves. I feel like, as guys who listen to us, you you got lots of shelves, yeah. and uh, we're just going to cover everything. DVDs, movies, uh, classics, collectibles, maybe. Basically, anything we want. <laughs> the, yeah, anything we want, because really, like, why why hold back? We're multi-nerds, yeah. I feel like. We basically just found a loophole to just not use the word geek or nerd. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. I like it. So, uh, basically, we're today's episode will be kind of a catch-up, because... If you guys didn't know, or if you're a, a, a long-time listener, uh, we used to have a podcast called Real Books Don't Have Batman. Yes, we did. Because they don't. Uh, they It was a comic book and movie podcast. Uh, it's a nerd You would say a nerd podcast. Yeah, pretend <laughs> we usually had a format of a weekly episode talking about whatever the uh, solicitations or issues that came out that week were. Yeah. And then on Saturdays, we tended to do a discussion podcast. So that was mo- the more general one we could... Kind of just talk about whatever we wanted. So we got street cred. We had podcasts from way back. That's all we're saying. That's yeah. <laughs> We've just been away for a good while. So what we're going to spend this episode doing is kind of covering what we missed. Uh, first off, we still live in Boston. We're still Boston uh, boys. Yeah. Uh, we're still living around town. And um, I, I got married, which is wonderful, uh, to the wonderful Mary Jacobs, uh, Dur- Duran. And, um, and you know, we're, we're, we're excited to start another podcast because we missed it. Oh, we've missed it immensely. We, and we, I, have, I have felt bad because the uh, Real Books Don't Have Batman Facebook page still every now and again has some activity. Yeah. Every now and again I see like a like or a view <laughs> and I just, I've always felt so bad. <laughs> I feel like it's just like a handful of people who like really loved the show. It's just like, well, hop on. Yo, well, hop on. So what, basically we're not going to be covering week to week comics here. That's not something we do anymore. Yeah, it's just um, we're not college kids anymore. We don't have like the same amount of free time, yeah. and over like the hiatus, we've fallen so far behind that it's tough to talk about that. At least as the main focus, as they come in, because we still read comics yeah, for the most part. We read it most. Uh, I read. We just mostly, pick them up as trades. Yeah, mostly. I mostly pick them up as trades. So like anything worth talking about, we can certainly bring up. Yes, and and always, uh, guys, in the comments down below. Let us know if you want us to cover something. Like that's that's number one here. Like we love the podcast. We love doing this podcast, but it all happens because of you guys. So like, say something if you want something. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Like, and as far as comic books are concerned, we are going to be sort of elaborating on some of the stuff that was most important to us back when we were still reading them. Yes. Weekly. So this basically, you could call this. The the uh, uh, last episode of Real Books Don't Have Batman and the first episode. It is a bridge. It's a, a bridge. Up. A bridge. A catch-up episode. So let's... Deshaun has created a list for us. And I uh, I have not seen this list. I have not... Uh, I'm not privy to it. So I'm excited to, to see what we're going to cover here. Because uh, there's there's been a lot. You know, yeah, like... and you're just kind of in the dark. <laughs> you have a big <laughs> idea of some of the stuff that's going to be on there. Yeah. But... So the first thing I have on the list is um, I'm going to briefly like go over comics. Yeah. Mostly like the priority stuff, the stuff that we used to focus on the most. Yes. And the first thing is the end of Scott Snyder's Batman run. 
when we last recorded the podcast and we were still talk, uh, talking about Snyder's Batman, if I remember correctly, we had just finished uh, Zero Year. Yeah. And we were about to start the Endgame storyline, and mm. then the podcast like went on hiatus yeah. after that. So to sum up those two storylines, they were both excellent. So Endgame, since I know you haven't read it. I, I, I haven't did, finished it. Yeah, uh, I did yeah. eventually like go back and catch up. I had to like dive into every time i've gone to a con i've had to like look at the long boxes just to find every single issue just to complete that collection because it's nice just for completionist sake so endgame brings the joker back so it's the first time we've seen him since death for the family and this time it's kind of like uh what scott snyder had said to us at a convention once at a panel where if death for the family was about like love yeah endgame was about joker where the love is gone yeah it's all just just angry (laughs) And it's super well done. I like the risks uh, that it takes. I'm not. I'm being vague because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might not have read it, including you, because yes. I actually do yeah. want you to read yeah, it. Yeah, thank. I would. I do want to read it. Yeah. yeah, of course. But I do enjoy the risks it takes, especially um, since Snyder decided to sort of play around with the origin of the Joker a bunch. Yeah. He, um, in the same way that he did for Court of Owls, like, whether or not, like, Owlman is actually Bruce's brother or stuff like that, he does sort of keep it ambiguous, and he presents it as, like, the Joker could be this, the Joker could be be this, the Joker could be this, but if the Joker is this, which is the one that they keep leaning on, then that explains a lot. Yeah. He makes some, he, without elaborating on it he sort of makes him this sort of ethereal creature that's been with gotham for a long time it's very penny pennywise yeah i was yes. gonna say very it's, it's very pennywise which wasn't as evident before like the remake came yeah. out so i didn't really think about it and then once the remake came out and it was all fresh in my memory it's just like yeah this is very it. it's yeah. interesting it's very interesting it's in the town yeah, yeah. Exactly. and then the storyline after that is uh called super heavy it actually might be called something else i'm just thinking that's the name of the first volume yeah this is the one it's uh, heavy metal it leads into heavy metal right sort of yeah yeah uh metal was the next thing after he did all-star batman not to be confused with the other all-star batman (laughs) not the miller one (laughs) uh super heavy was the one where gordon became batman ah okay yeah that was the one with the like mech suit that everyone Uh, said oh yeah yeah. that everyone said looked like the tick (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was fun Cool. It was very much like a diversion. You knew it wasn't going to last. So it's just like, I just enjoy this like weird yeah. thing while it lasts. It was interesting. It was cool to see like um, how Gordon himself tackled being Batman and a much yeah. different Batman who's very much a part of the police force still. Just sort of like a special operative, mm. sort of. The mech suit. He has, um, I wouldn't even call it a Batmobile. It's like a, it's not a tank either. <laughs> it's like a SWAT van. It's like a van. It's like a bat SWAT van. It's That's huge. Awesome. Yeah, it was fun for what it is. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, and they even tie. Uh, they even they sort of uh, tie it up in a roundabout way where it ties back to like Zero Year and stuff. Yeah. Like Julie Madison comes back. Nice stuff like that, and it ends very well. But it's so. Did you read Tom King next? Because I read the first volume of Tom King. I haven't read any of Tom King's and, yet. And and. and the problem is that Tom King's not Scott Snyder, and that's not his fault. It's not his fault. Yeah. But the thing is, it's just coming off a masterpiece, you know? Like, it's Indeed. Just, and, it's just rough. And also, and I wouldn't necessarily blame Tom King for this. No. Tom King, when we were still reading Batman Eternal, always felt like sort of the weakest link in the chain yeah. back when we were reading Batman Eternal. Yeah. Which might not necessarily be its fault. It's a weekly series. There are a lot of pots. There's a lot of but, chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. But... 
it was just I just found it interesting that it went to him instead of uh, James Tinney in the fourth. Yeah, which who is interesting. I thought was the groomed one. You yeah, know, like I thought he was the yeah, chosen he was, one. He was Snyder's student. Yeah, exactly. and then he became a writer because of that, which is interesting because now that King is gone, Tinian is now taking over. Yeah, <laughs> it just. I thought it would be the other way around. <laughs> I thought we'd get Tinian first. Yeah, but I, I, I mostly I've seen... that volume for me. Um, it just adds too many characters. Like mm. he's trying to diversify Gotham, and people enjoyed that. But for me, it was kind of like, ah, no. <laughs> like, I haven't. Read... It just made me stop. You know, I and I just didn't read. Yeah, you know? I've only like... seen like some of the things that happened in passing. I've heard it gets better, yeah. and I've seen a lot of love for like that run. No, like I did and, see and people I, disappointed that he was doubt leaving. That. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that, but I just it didn't grab me at first, and that was as I was falling out of comics, and that was it. You know, like yeah. it was kind of like it was kind of like oh, I was already heading out the door, and then a bad Batman run for me. I did still like, keep ah. up with Snyder after that. Like I read all of um, All Star Batman, nice. which was uh, very good. It was interesting that. Um, the original volume is good, but I wasn't too big on the art. And no? it's John Romita Jr. Yeah. And I love John Romita yeah, Jr. Do. But I don't feel like Snyder's writing style really meshed Meshes with Romita's with it. art. Yeah, because yeah, he's too cartoonish is, Maybe. is kind of it. Because he's, yeah. he's, I mean, he's ultimate and everyone, Snyder, you know, like I feel like everyone I knew who also read it also sort of felt the same way. Yeah. Like, even if you would look at, like, comments and forums or, if like, Reddit or something, you would always see, like, I love John Romita Jr., but, and it's not just because he's not Capullo. No. But it just doesn't feel like it they doesn't mix match. together. And, then, and that's the thing is they threw him at Batman, which I'm sure he asked for Batman. Which oh, I, absolutely. Who, who the fuck wouldn't ask for Batman? And I will say, position, like, there is, in that first volume, uh, Two-Face is oh, involved. Uh, just to be warned, sorry, I started to swear now. We, if you didn't know, we're not family friendly here. We will fucking swear and we're really fucking sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Alright, moving forward. Yeah, we won't go out of our way to be explicit, but no. you know, we just, we're just talking. We're just, good. that's the yeah. way we are. It, it's I very mean, conversational. I guess that's so very Boston or New England. <laughs> but, uh, so all-star batman's uh, first volume actually had two-face in it yeah uh, it was the first time they had brought him back uh for a while because they played the whole thing where like two-face yeah, died it's gone. And yeah. it's gone for a little while i think i think that was actually in um batman and robin yeah basically, i want to say because damien takes him down i think right? yeah so yeah. he was actually gone until all-star which by out. the way the other day i moved into a new house in, like two months ago and i, fo- I was go- getting rid of posters and uh one of them was a damien wayne r.i.p uh, poster wayne, R.I.P. <laughs> which I... only lasted for a fucking year so it wasn't even like <laughs> that a big a deal and i had not. a nice poster and we for sort it. of always knew that in yeah. the beginning we were just kind of you know, just rolling with yeah, it just roll with it <laughs> i wonder if i even still have my um he come and find a Lazarus picture. <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. I don't think I have it anymore. What a great shirt. Yeah, it was a great shirt. <laughs> so Two-Face was in the latest storyline, and I will say I loved the way Ramita drew him. Nice. I think it might be like one of my favorite like renditions of nice. him. That was fantastic. But as soon as Ramita was gone, I feel like the book kind of picked up. Mm. And that was when he was starting to switch between a bunch of artists. He's just like, I just want to bring in all my friends. Yeah, yeah, bring in all the people I haven't worked with yet. (laughs) And it became fun that way. But it was a pretty short-lived book. It only had like two or three volumes. And then um, I think after that is when Rebirth rolled around. And then um, that's when Snyder... It wasn't... No, Snyder went on to Justice League. That's what just... He's on Justice League now. Yeah. Which I haven't read. I really want to. Yeah, exactly. It sounds great. And I also haven't read Dark Knight's Metal yet. 
No. I read the prelude stuff, like the yeah. lead-in issues. I think it's like two or three, but I haven't read the full-on storyline. Me neither. I really want to just because of all those different versions of Batman, especially the it Batman who's laugh who literally looks like a Hellraiser villain. I'm going to put on some black like, metal I, and just listen to I just sh- haven't gotten around to it. But as far as other stuff that we used to read, I did finish uh, Jeff John's run on Justice League. Yeah? Which, uh, for the most part, kind of ended with Dark Side War. Huh. Dark Side War was uh, the payoff that we had kept yeah. building up with Trinity War and yep. then into... The, the um, Throne of Atlantis. And then the... of Atlantis and... What was... Something evil. It's yeah, like it's absolute a, evil or something. Forever evil. Forever evil. Forever hey, evil. Yeah. We kept, that call back? <laughs> yeah, we kept building stuff like that up. So Dark Side War is pretty much just a war between Dark Side and the Anti Monitor with the Justice League caught in the crossfire. <sighs> and it's super fun. It's surprisingly kind of anime. Yeah. Yeah, they do some crazy stuff. That's the one where um you've probably seen it on the internet. That's where uh, Batman gets like the Mobius chair. Yeah, and he's That's all like, oh. <laughs> like a bunch of the characters get like power ups like that. Batman gets the Mobius chair. Superman is thrown into a pit in Apocalypse, and he so he's given like this sort of like negative solar energy, and he turns like black and white. It's really cool. Cool. And then um, sounds like Jeff Johns went yeah. a little wild at the end. Of yeah, let and it happen, then, let it happen. And then the know? Flash became like the Black Rider, so he's like, oh, the Grim cool. Reaper. There you go. Everyone loves the Black. Oh, yeah, Jeff Johns loves the Black Rider. Absolutely. If anybody. Loves the Black Rider. Kevin Smith and Jeff Johns love <laughs> the, the Black Rider. They cry over that shit. Yeah. It is so, great. I, I also have shed it to you over that comment. So but, the Flash became that, and it was it was nuts. Yeah. It was great. just it was just like a big bombastic, like, here's my blockbuster exit <laughs> and goodbye. And end of story. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think it ended really well. Fantastic. So the other two things I have on the docket are uh, one of them is Dark Knight, a true Batman story. This was Which an interesting book. It's sitting there on my shelf right now, and I feel like that if any comic I feel guilty about owning and not reading, it's that comic. It's like really good. It sounds so it's personal. Yes. For those of you who don't know, um, Dark Knight of True Batman Story was actually published as a Vertigo book. Rest in peace, Vertigo. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> so, um, it's a book by Paul Dini, who you might know as um, a writer on Batman the Animated Series, yep. amongst other things. He was the creator he, of he Harley Quinn. He made our childhood. Yes, like. exactly. Uh, it's sort of an autobiographical tale about a time that he had actually been mugged and uh, beat up by two assailants. Mm. And how he was going through like a real depressive period after that. And how he sort of... Um, represents his struggle via like the batman cast nice it's really interesting it gets um you get into some really personal things in the yeah, book nice. yeah it sounds very good it's very it touching very and the good. art is fantastic it's eduardo russo who we know yeah. from um hundred bullets so good yeah <laughs> very personal story definitely worth reading i think it was smart of them to sort of publish it as a vertigo yeah book and it was, so it's not like it's a main dc book yeah know? it's like, called dark knight but it's not even like the pun with the yeah k it's actually it's dark knight with an n it's dark knight a true batman story yeah. very touching very good i do recommend it especially if you're a fan of his work because they also go into details of like he had um been assaulted right when like mask of the phantasm was really? in pre-production mm. And it's talking about, like, oh, he really wanted to work on Mask of the Phantasm a little more, but he couldn't. 
because you can see when you watch the credits of Mask of the Phantasm that all like the major writers on the animated series kind of have a hand in it. Yeah. It like went around a bunch and he wanted to be more involved but he was going through that yeah. at the time. Dang. Like, and you find sort of some fun facts about the behind the scenes of like when they were still formulating it. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. That is very there was interesting. even, um, and he had said he had tried for years to sort of like get this out in some sort of therapeutic way. Yeah. It eventually became this book. He said he kept sort of putting down the idea until he was ready for it. And yeah. then he was ready for it. He had even, um, which is really interesting, to he actually pitched an episode of Batman the Animated Series to WB at the time, which would involve um, Morpheus from the Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. He wanted to do like a Sandman sort of episode that was like reflective oh, and stuff cool. like that. They denied him because mostly because they're just like, I mean, that's kind of Neil Gaiman's thing. Yeah. They want to put the Sandman in Batman the Animated Series. But eventually it did, it did come. Yeah. It is interesting. Like uh, Mask of the Phantasm originally was just going to be called Batman Masks. Really? Yeah, just Batman Masks. Oh, that's interesting. I love Mask of the Phantasm. I'm a huge fan of that. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> And then the last one, which I'll go over briefly, is uh, Doomsday Clock. Yes. So in case you guys haven't been up to date about what's been going on in the DCU, this has been building up for a while. But um, the implication, it's a it's pretty much a DC Universe and Watchmen crossover. Yeah. With the implication that Dr. Manhattan, if not responsible for the New 52 universe, is responsible for like the continuity weirdness of the New 52. Ugh. Like... Like how everybody's five years younger. Yeah, like, yeah that's like, the big thing. It's the five years. Yeah. They really sort of shed a lens of just like, everything seems like it's happening too soon. How did Batman go through like three Robins in just five years? That yeah. weird five-year time span where they just try to condense everything, everything into one big time skip, which always felt weird, but you, you just sort of rolled with it because yeah. it was a reboot. Like they're actually shedding a light on it where like uh, Wally West comes back from like the nice. other universe and he's just like, no, this isn't, it's weird. Like, it's actually weird. We're missing time. Someone is taking these years from us. Wow. And I, I've only read the first two issues of Doomsday Clock, mostly because it continues to keep being delayed. <laughs> so instead of just reading it month to month, it's just like, oh, yeah, push it back. It's like any Jim yeah. Lee book that comes out now. Right. It's just like, it's who just knows like, when it's coming back? Knows? It's finally ending soon. Like, the final issue is coming out next month. Oh, nice. So I've just been waiting for that so I could just buy it in a train and just go through the whole thing the first two issues were really interesting though yeah, and it is like um it is present day watchman universe oh cool so it is like ozymandias is still there like the original rorschach is interesting is still dead there's a new rorschach around huh. who's like taking his mantle it's very interesting that is very interesting. and it parallels um the watchman tv series really? which i also haven't um Watched, I have not dived into but just it. the idea that um we have doomsday clock which is sort of doing an after watchman thing but then uh, the Watchmen HBO series is also doing an after yeah. Watchmen thing, and they're both very different. But they, um, apparently, I've heard that two of the characters that were created for uh, Doomsday Clock, Marionette, and I forget what the other person's name is, yeah. apparently they're going to be in the HBO series. So I guess they're pulling from each other, yeah. which is sort of interesting. That is interesting, because yeah. you'd think they would stick with the Alan Moore and just kind of like expand, but they're like, no, we get, we get, oh, Watchmen. I've only caught like a glimpse of like one Watchmen episode. Yeah, I just haven't dived in because I just... It, it, the whole season has to finish for me. This is a this is a dangerous show. This is a show that either I will love every episode until the end, mm -hmm. or I it will just be trash the entire time. You know. Like, yeah, and I don't. And I've heard good things. I have. Yeah, I, but 
I it's one of those shows that at this day and age I can just wait for the fucking thing to end. The glimpse that I got seemed really fascinating. Yeah, I'm not sure if I will because I think honestly when it was announced I didn't really care. It's like even I, when they I said it wasn't going Watchmen to be. Watchmen is one of my favorite. Books. Yeah, I love Watchmen like, too. I just don't think the way the show was advertised really piqued my interest no, at all. I don't know why they just didn't even like go after the fans. Like you know, like they were yeah. like, "Here's a shot of Ozzy, and that's it. Suck it." <laughs> you know, like and you're like, "Wait," and they're like, but "Oh yeah, there's a Rorschach army," and you're like, "Uh." <laughs> like, but people seem to be like. It, I guess we'll just kind of see. But yeah, Doomsday Clock's first two issues have been very fascinating. Yeah, nice. it's interesting to see. I'm I'm wondering like how the mystery will continue. Cool, but so I just got to read more of it now. The movies are we? Yes, let's, moving on. To let the us let us delve deep. We've fallen behind on a lot of movies, so guys. we're gonna do this kind of rapid fire. We will not dive super deep. But we'll, if we get into we'll it, we'll just sum. try to sum we'll, it up. We'll try to sum it up. So the first one, believe it or not, and even I had to remind myself that we had not covered this, that's how long it's been, <laughs> is Avengers Age of Ultron. What? No way. Because it's been I, that long. Because I remembered, I didn't see Age of Ultron. Wrong, guys. <laughs> so part of the reason that the show went on hiatus is because I actually moved away back to my hometown. That yeah. wasn't fun. But I remembered I didn't see Age of Ultron when I was out here. I saw it when I moved back there. Oh, man. So that's when I'm like, oh, wow, we're going that we're far We're going that far. Back. So Age of Ultron is is absolutely the weakest Avengers movie. Just got to get it out Yeah, there. I agree. Gotta get I do agree. There. But that doesn't mean it's a terrible movie. But would you show this movie to Martin Scorsese to win him over? Hell the fuck no you wouldn't. <laughs> I don't like, think... I don't think any of, like, the MCU is really going to pull him. No, but, like, if, if you showed him Winter Soldier, maybe it might get him. You know? but I'm also like, sort of... He would be like, ugh, a spy flick, you know? Yeah, like, I'm also sort of just... That's apath- my terrible Martin Scorsese, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'm just also just sort of apathetic towards the whole Martin Scorsese thing. No. Because what people don't realize is that we've actually done this song and dance already with other directors. Yeah. I remember when we were still in college, like, articles were making a big thing because... Um, they were saying there was too many uh, superhero movies because and it was oversaturating Oliver, the market. Oliver Stone yep. had said that he like hated superhero movies and it was rooting the industry. So then we went through that. Then John McTiernan, who was like a big action director in the yep. 80s, he directed like Predator and Die Hard, yep. Last Action big Hero. Guy. Yeah. He says like, oh, superhero movies, that's not cinema, that's dumb, blah, 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 blah. So we've been through this multiple times. The Scorsese one is just the biggest one because it's Scorsese. It's Scorsese. And at the end of the day, it's like, look, man, if they're old old men who don't like these type of movies, they don't like these type of movies. I have a very Sam Jackson attitude towards it where his summation of it when they asked him about it was just like, it's fine in his opinion. It's not like it's going to stop anyone from making more movies. exactly. And I'm very much like, I vibe with that. (laughs) I mostly mostly feel like, Mark Sassi, of course he feels like that. Because it's not, a lot of these superhero movies are not, are very surface. You Mm -hmm. know, like, and they don't get like, like Goodfellas gets down to how somebody fucking ticks. Yeah, and it also sort of boils down to, like, Disney's practices as well. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm sure, like, I'm sure he's mad that he can't just show The Irishman just anywhere he wants because Disney probably bullied him out for a spot because of Marvel movies going up or anything else in the million things they own. Because Tarantino had said that. Tarantino had, like, swore after um, Once Upon a Time... In Hollywood? No, no. No, you're thinking Django Unchained. No, The Hateful Eight. 
I'm thinking Hateful Eight. Eight. Yeah, I actually haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet. I really Me neither. Want to. I need to see that. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. I think it hits home media like next month. Whoop. So that's definitely going to be a must. <laughs> but yeah, he had tried to, um, if I remember the story correctly, he had tried to get a screening of uh, The Hateful Eight at a specific theater that does like 70 millimeter film. Yeah. It's like a famous theater for it. And he had shot the film specifically in that. For, yeah. It was very important to him. And I think they were trying to like push him out because The Force Awakens was coming yeah. out. Yeah. And they're just like, no, because they got that Disney money, move again. And Tempe's like, I will never work with Disney. Yeah. And, and you know, like, it's... And it, it's it, true, because Disney does bully, try to bully out the competition exactly. if they're not buying them first. Exactly. And and mostly, these different, different strokes for different folks is basically how it always goes. You know, like, it's like, sure, you might not be into... That it, it into this stuff, but that that doesn't mean somebody else won't love it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, are you really gonna go around and tell just, somebody something yeah, they love? Sort of is it a matter of taste? Like, do you, <laughs> given Martin Scorsese's filmography, does he look like the type of person who likes superhero yeah, movies? Yeah, right. Like, like what? Why? Like, you don't need validation from Martin Scorsese if yeah. you love superhero movies. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. And and I know Kevin Feige tried to counter with the the. the Black Panther's the best fucking superhero movie ever. But <laughs> Which we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, but like, we went way off track. Yeah, we went a little Scorsese bit off track. Tangent. But Age of Ultron basically summed up cool parts. Overall package yeah, it's, sloppy. It's a solid movie. And there are, I do feel like in a lot of ways it does sort of improve on the original Avengers. Mostly for production value and film. Because I love the original Avengers movies. It's shot like a TV pilot. Yeah. It really is. That's mostly because we even not only really directed... TV, TV stuff. Even Serenity looks more like a Firefly episode, just with a slightly bigger budget. Yeah. So, like, Age of Ultron really feels like a film. Yeah. But it's just sort of... You can feel the, sort of... the studio interference. I feel yes. like that's the number one thing about Age of Ultron. You can, like, feel Disney's fingers really, reaching in. And they really burnt them out on it. Yeah. I've actually watched Age of Ultron with commentary, because anything where Joss Whedon has done commentary for, it's hilarious, <laughs> because he's just a funny dude. Yeah. The first thing he opens up with in the Age of Ultron comic is like, you know, welcome. This is the commentary. He's just like, why on earth did I direct another Avengers movie? <laughs> like he just, he, you can feel the burnout oh, because man, he wanted sucks. this, but Marvel Studios wanted this. And I get the trepidation because this was like a post-Avengers world where, yeah. and face, it, this is riddled all over phase two in retrospect. Yeah. There's like this, what do we do now? Yeah. That you like, can how feel did throughout we get of, this, how yeah. did we get this far? Like, <laughs> you can sort of feel that throughout like a lot of phase two. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, it, next uh, up on the list after Age of Ultron is... These are actually, if I... Unless I got them wrong, I will assume that these are actually in release order because I had to find a specific list Yeah, just to mix it up. But the next one is Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Ant-Man is an interesting one. It's an interesting one because the problem with Ant-Man is that it could have been amazing. But here's the thing. We were talking about how we had pretty much lost interest in the movie once Edgar Wright was yeah, gone. Yeah, once Edgar Wright's gone. And we thought this movie was going to be bad because uh, they, if I remember correctly, I think they had um, Peyton Reed come on to like shoot it like maybe a month before they were ready to start Principal. They got yeah. someone quick. I was ready for Ant-Man to be an absolute mess. Train wreck, yeah. And the fact that it turned out to be like just sort of a solid, fun movie was actually sort of surprising. Yeah, exactly. But you're always going to have that thing in the back of your mind. It's like, what could have been? Because if you don't know, Edgar Wright's the director of Shaun of the, the Dead, Dead, Hot Fuzz, Fuzz The World's End, Scott Pilgrim. Just, 
just one baby my, driver. One of my all time, like top five favorite directors. Like absolutely. absolutely no question. Like him directing Ant Man would have been amazing. But like that's what we were talking about. Disney sometimes pushes out true artists for people who will listen. You yeah, know, like and, here's the thing. and that's not a bad thing for their system, but that's a problem for what Edgar Wright could have created. And there. it's also a product of Marvel sort of changing because Ant Man was in development back when Iron Man still yeah. was. This was supposed to be a phase one movie. Yeah. So this was before he was Marvel supposed to be Avengers. Yeah, like... this was before Marvel Studios had became like the Marvel Studios of today. So this was back when it's just like, well, we don't really have like a repertoire yet. So we're going to give these directors and just kind of give them free reign because they're, these are their movies. Exactly. But because everything had been pushed back and then Edgar Wright worked on Scott Pilgrim, he worked on Scott Pilgrim almost as long. He was in development with Scott Pilgrim for like half a decade. Yeah, exactly. Like it was a labor of love and Ant-Man was a passion project for him. So, so it's really sad to see it go. Like that, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, and I know for a fact that he says he still hasn't like watched it because it like it's still that's kinda, rough. It's still that's rough. He to says hear. it still kind of hurts. He still hasn't watched oh, it. Oh man, that's rough to hear. Yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> but Ant Man, he's like, but not taking away from what we got for Ant Man, which was a solid, fun movie. Yeah, I was expecting it to be a train wreck, and the fact that it was a serviceable, fun little movie, just another MCU movie, is a miracle in and of yeah, itself. Exactly. Given like the behind the scenes trouble. But speaking of behind-the-scenes <laughs> trouble, and I don't even know if you've seen this. Which I haven't one? seen it. The next one is Fan4Stick. Fan4Stick? The uh, Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie. I had to go see that one. <laughs> so, like, so, okay, sometimes, sometimes, guys, like, I like seeing movies that I like. You know, like, I like seeing movies that I know I like. But sometimes I like to go see... A disaster in the theaters. Like, mm -hmm. I like to go in and be like, this is gonna be bad. You know, like, and that was one of those movies. Yeah, like, you, even from the start, you were just like, this is gonna be bad. Before we even knew anything about it, you're like, this is gonna be bad. <laughs> I was a little more optimistic because I'm like, well, I like Josh Trank. I like the people who are producing Yeah, I it. do love Josh Trank. Like, I, I'll give him the best. That's why I went to go see it. I was yeah, like, it was because of Chronicle. Chronicle was great. But that's one of those disaster movies. Like you, you could you smelled it like from the start because you had been hearing things and you're just like, this is gonna be something. No, it, and, it, and it truly not was. in a good way. It, it truly was like you. It, it's it's just they fucked up Doom. They fuck up the Fantastic Four. Like it's it has a good cast, but like nobody's given any chance to do anything, and it just kind of you gotta let it. It's. Don't go see. Don't ever watch that. Don't buy it. Don't, like... I would even recommend the old Fantastic Four with Chris Evans and Jessica Alba over this. Well, now, Frank, I got it. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I've had a, a few friends who have been like, I will suffer through that with you. Like, they're all excited, but I have no... Yeah, it's I'm one of those things sleep. that if you witnessed it, you'd be angry. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's like, but on a completely different end, for Fox... Not fucking up something Whoa. that they could have fucked up. The next one is Deadpool. Yeah, which is a miracle. Which is a fucking miracle. Like, <laughs> if... And it shows by them releasing, and I'm skipping here, Deadpool 2 and Deadpool 1 and a half, yeah. the Christmas special. Mm -hmm. It just shows that one was a fucking miracle. It shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have worked. It, like, they finally gave them free reign to do deadpool and like and it actually was a deadpool movie you it know was. like and so, and two is too 
but it feels like we could. We'll talk Fox about got into yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk know, about like, two later. That is on here. It is, but but basically. So I enjoyed Deadpool one. It's very. Um, if it pulls from anything, it's very like uh, Joe Kelly's run on Deadpool, which I grew up yeah. with. There's a little bit of Gail Simone in there somewhere. It's definitely not um, like the Daniel way, what the internet loves about Deadpool now. Yeah. It's more, it's a little grimy. Because there's, no, there's not really Bob. Like, Bob's yeah, there's sort no, of in there's there. No, <laughs> yeah, there's a little wink to Bob. Yeah, Bob. But there's no, like, three personalities. Yes. No, and, which I figured that they were going to expand on later, but then they didn't. But again, we'll talk about Deadpool down, yeah, we'll Deadpool talk, two down the road. Down the road, but basically, Deadpool is a, is a very solid movie. It's not for your kids, guys. If you let your kids see Deadpool, you fucked up. You know, like this was not a kids movie. Let's not get into a philosophical debate because as a kid, I would have totally yes, you know, seen you Deadpool. Yes, you would have been you would have been all over it. Yeah, that's that, and it's funniest thing because. My, my wife works as a teacher, and all those kids, those five-year-olds, she works as a kindergarten, all have seen Deadpool. Yep. And it's because see it. their parents don't know the difference between Iron Man and Deadpool, you know? Mm. Like, and, and the fuck, why would they? But, like, at the same time, you're like, oh, my God, just watch, like, make sure that Generally it's not Generally speaking, that's not film. aimed for a younger audience, yes, put it yeah, that way. Exactly. But yeah, Deadpool was interesting, and I think it had sold you on Ryan Reynolds because I did. remember before I did not like Ryan Reynolds. We even knew that the Deadpool film was coming. I had like told you, it's like I don't. You were like, I don't like Ryan Reynolds. I don't like Ryan Reynolds. Just like I always said, Ryan Reynolds is talented, but he's in a lot of bad movies, yeah. and he would be a great choice for Deadpool yep. in the right movie. And, and, and that's you had thing. even disagreed with that. I, I did, and now I ate my own shit because he's literally the walking embodiment of. Deadpool yeah. half the time. And know? Ryan Reynolds like, is a talented actor, especially as far as comedy is concerned. He's just had a lot of bad yeah, movies. He really has. And and the thing is, is, is he's really stepped up since. I feel like there's a lot of great ones. I, I, I don't know if Detective Pikachu's on that list, but... You know what? I really fucking like Detective Pikachu, you know? I am like, middling on Detective Pikachu, but no, it's not on this list. Yeah, dang it. But, <laughs> but, okay, well, we'll cover it real quick. Detective Pikachu, really fun because it kind of was like the first Pokemon movie to be like, he's a fuckload of Pokemon in a real movie. Yeah, it's fun. I have a lot of issues with yeah, it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. It's a mystery, you know? And I feel like that's the problem with most mystery Because, like, take, a, take the Pokemon out of it. You just sort of have a generic story. And even then, the things that I personally like about Pokemon are kind of non-present in it. There's battles. Yeah, there is battles, <laughs> but they kind of hand wave it away. Yeah. It's At least the, they got the big fight scene with Mewtwo at the yeah, end. Yeah, and that's for the most part, but there's not really much of like the catching and collecting aspect, which True. I get why they were trying to shy away from that. that. It feels very much just like a test movie. Like, let's get this yeah. out there, and then maybe we'll do like a direct exactly. adaptation later. I, I agree. I think that this was the first... That was the first toe step, and hopefully we get like a yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, and then on or top of that, like know, for like... me, the VFX varied immensely. Like some Pokemon look fantastic. fantastic, a lot of them look bad. I don't think they look bad, but there is some bad CGI. Yeah, and I feel like this weird middle ground to keep them cartoony, but also sort of give them realistic textures wasn't necessarily the right way to go mm. because it just sort of doesn't please either. It's sort of this weird middle ground where it's not far enough I, but it doesn't so want to dial my it back. argument but with it's, that it's also a tough one to pull off is that i was a big fan of the original artist's instagram i uh, he had an instagram yes. where he was posting all these where they were like hyper realistic and and then they hired him for this movie and that's what they use as the designs and for me i love that journey like i think that's what made that movie even more special for me was like 
is that I watched this artist do these like drawings to be like, haha, this is fun. And then like for him to get paid to do it and then for it to be like this gigantic film is such a cool artist journey, you know? Like yeah, absolutely. I, I love that shit, you know? Like and you're just kind of like, yeah, you could be a fan artist too, and maybe someday they'll make your shit into a movie. You know, like <laughs> like the Sonic movie. But there are things <laughs> to like about it. It is nice to have like um a video game movie that's just not outright trash. Yeah. I still feel like it's very middling. Yeah, to me. that, I, just I think, would say that's the is is that the only good uh, video game movie? I think. Are we going to say that right here, right now? I don't want to argue semantics, but I think it depends on whether you consider all right, good, or in the middle. But because I can, are, we're competing against trash. Yeah, Every other yeah. video game movie is absolute fucking trash, and like, and and it's it's hard to argue it. You know, mm-hmm. like. It's just, like, most video game movies you see just come out bad, and it's yeah. just sad. You know, like, but, like, Prince of Persia, like, I find Christ. Like, I find Detective Pikachu all right. <clears throat> yeah. I find it all right. I'm waiting for, like, the first, like, really good, good. like, the Iron Man equivalent. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and, and uh, would you count Witcher, the adaption on TV, would you count that towards it as something like that, or would you... Has that come out yet? Well, Sonic hasn't come out yet, but... But then I would count Castlevania if we're talking. But then like and that. then and then Witcher Castlevania, yes. But that's that's definitely a big one. Yeah. But that is a TV show. It is. We're talking but, movie, but it is a good ad. But it is a it, great it's adaptation. It's a great video game adaptation. And the uh, the sort of one with asterisks is The Witcher because I know The Witcher is pulling more from the books. Yes. Than the games and the I games take the games take place after the books. Really? Yes. I didn't see. I gotta fucking play these games. <laughs> yeah, I I loved Witcher one, two, and three, nice. and it made me read the books or one. I've read one. <laughs> First book is great. I'm going to get to it after I read a book I'm on to now, but that's a whole different topic. <laughs> so many stuff to read. So much stuff. With pictures or without. <laughs> so the next movie on here, this is going to be an interesting one, is Batman v. Superman. Batman v. Superman. BVS. We're really going all the way Dawn back. of Terrible Subtitle. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, Dawn of the Sarah. Oh, my God. You're so right. Okay. So we... Okay. I got to come out as a huge apology because, mm-hmm. like... I, I, Anti-fanboy, if you're listening, we defended this movie to the fucking teeth even before it came out. And I, I mean, to be fair, I also still do defend it to I a still, degree. I de- to a degree, but on rewatches years later mm-hmm. and rewatches even at the time, it's it's a mess of a movie. It is very you know? much a like, mess. It's a mess. It's all over the place. If you know nothing of Batman vs Superman, which is the real test of it, is I had like a friend who knew fucking nothing, nothing about. Just, and like, general, general Batman and Superman stuff. lore. Other like than, the like, universe. who the fuck Batman is and who the fuck Superman it's is. It's very easy to get lost. It, yeah. re- it really, like, I really felt bad for him. I had to, like, fucking explain shit to him. And he was kind of like, oh. You know, like... And <laughs> I get that, like, a lot of that was just like, don't worry. All will be clear in yeah. the next film. But we didn't get that far. Yeah. But that's down the uh, line. Down the we'll line. talk about that, too. BVS is a film I like... I think part of its problem is instead of trying to be a Man of Steel sequel and a new Batman movie at the same time, we really should have just gotten either one or the other separately. And an opening to Justice League because that's the problem with the subtitle. It's like it's trying to be too much at once. No, as far as because talk about studio interference, I feel like this is the movie that that absolutely feels the most manufactured by by a studio. Mm -hmm. You know, like it just got. 
fucked up, you know? Like, they were like, no, 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 you gotta introduce Justice League. And they're like, well, fuck. And then, like, you want they some got of that it. Avengers m- money. So it's like, well, to get that Avengers money, they had to build No, don't build it up. Just do it now. Do it, do it right now. We just don't do need to build. Like, they're gonna see it. <laughs> and, 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 and it really... This is the movie that hurt... It, I feel like this hurt people's trust in the DC Universe more than any other movie that came out. Like... Man of Steel at definitely least, pissed people off, at least but like for like this current era of comic yeah. book movies, because I always I always sort of roll my eyes at the notion of just like this is this is it. Like no, comic book movies no, always have always... peaks and valleys, always peaks and valleys. Like Marvel's on top right now. In and, ten and years, DC it could... just made a billion dollars yeah. off Joker. In know, ten like... years, it could be the other way around. Like it really doesn't matter. It's gonna it's just rule of averages. Exactly. But BVS, as far as the Man of Steel sequel stuff, because I still like Man of Steel. As far as the no, Man of, of Steel sequel stuff is concerned, I really like where BVS goes. Like, the political stuff, the stuff that feels like very Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. The news real stuff where and, they're just and, and you debating. you can tell, like, Snyder had an idea there, like, of to bring this Dark Knight yeah, feel absolutely. to it. And you can see it in his... It is in his art and everything, but like that's not... it. Really should have just been a Man of Steel sequel, then a solo Batman film, yeah. then BVS. Worry about Justice League later. It... And to be fair, like. And this, we'll talk about Justice League later, because I know this was like a major point of contention. I really liked Affleck as Batman in this. No, and that, yeah, I like him here in Justice League. He feels a little lost in Justice League. We'll get to Justice. League. We'll get to Justice League. <laughs> we'll get to Justice but, League. but and, basically, yeah. And I know that a lot of people take umbrage, which much like Superman and Man of Steel, that Batman kills in this. The reason it didn't bother me here because it normally would. Is that this is sort of an iteration of Batman who's very much at like the very end of his pushed to the road. edge. Yeah, like pushed to the very Just end. Just like he's clearly lost a Robin. Which is what Dark Knight Returns Batman is all about. Yeah. Is that he was pushed to the edge, he killed that mutant, you know. Like... It's, just a, it's just a Batman who's done. Yeah. And I feel like this is elaborated more in the ultimate cut. Because there is an alternate cut yeah. of BVS. The ultimate cut adds half an hour to it. I enjoy Which, the cut, ultimate... Like, guys, can you imagine cutting out a fucking half an hour out of movie and it still makes fucking and sense. And Snyder did fight for the, for that version of the film to be the one in theaters, but yeah. Warner Bros. is like, is and reasonably so, it's just like, too long. Too long. Yeah. Too long. And they weren't ready for it, but it, now with Endgame coming out, yeah. with, and, yeah, you know, like... <laughs> I feel like Ultimate Cut does help the movie breathe a lot. There's like, some little stuff with, like, um, Clark going to Gotham. Yeah. You get to talk to Gothamites who are just like, Batman wasn't always like this. Like, there is a new mean in him lately. Like, he is... It's basically just, like, the events of Man of Steel traumatized Bruce Wayne, <laughs> and he's gone nuts. Because he was already at the end of his rope before. Yeah. And which... there's also stuff like subplots that are addressed in the original cut that don't go anywhere. No. Resolve. Yeah. Like, the big one, a major point of contention is the explosion at yeah. the hearing. Which I... I... I have a problem with because know, like, reasonably it's just like why wouldn't we be able to tell that there was a bomb in the room yeah in the ultimate cut we find out that the chair was made of lead yeah lois so, finds that out when she goes on her little rabbit hole about like the bullet that she found yeah and it's just like uh it, it, yeah and the bullet goes nowhere you yeah, know like it goes somewhere in the ultimate <laughs> cut. It, there was just so much cut out but even then like the bones of it it's still sort of messy even with the ultimate cut yeah. but i do enjoy it and it's a take that I enjoyed that's pretty much gone by after BBS. Yeah. Because Justice League was so course corrected. Yeah, they were just like, get that back on So the, I still like a lot of its ideas. Get it back on happy. I would say I still genuinely enjoy the movie, especially the longer cut. Yeah. But it has problems. Yeah. It's just a problem. It's just problematic. That's all. Yeah. It's got too much shit. 
Now, uh, moving on. Next up is um, Parallels, Captain America Civil War. Okay. Yeah. Fact, Captain America Civil War is... Is 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 the impossible sequel they pulled out from Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is still one of my favorite and fucking Marvel movies. There are a lot of interesting parallels with BVS and Captain America Civil War, not just because of the obvious one. Batman versus Superman, Captain <laughs> America versus Iron Man. But there's also just like the Martha stuff, yeah. parallels, the, the death of the... Tony's mother and father. There's also um the fact that it's an Avengers movie as much as it is uh, Captain America, a Captain America, America sequel. So there are interesting parallels. It's funny because it almost like they're flexing on them. Yeah. Know? like it's Which almost, you know wouldn't be true because of just the way the films are. Yeah. But it's just like, it's such an interesting coincidence. <laughs> and, and okay, so to be fair to the Martha thing, like, you know, it's... Yeah, it's, we it's actually didn't even touch on the Martha thing. We didn't touch on that. And, and to be fair, it's like, it's cheesy, but it is one of those weird things that has been lore... For fucking ever. Yeah, and you it's, know, like, it, I figured why they used it as sort of like an easy shorthand because I feel like people take it as people take it at surface value. Yeah, just like oh, they have the same, their mothers have the same name. That's what snaps them out of it. Just like no, it's the fact that this person, this he barely like, knew this person he... is barely knew who he's just thought is like a threat, just some sort of alien invader, is just as human as he is. He has a mother just like he did, and in that moment. He's about humanizes to, him. It humanizes it, it, him because right now, in that moment, Batman is literally Joe Chill. Yeah, exactly. That's what humanizes. I get why people don't read it that way. Yeah. And I feel like that... Because you start laughing at the, the, the Martha part. And like, I feel know? like that's... And I feel like that is definitely on the film for like not making that push clearer. Yeah. Because I got it the first time we watched yeah, it. And course. I thought it was brilliant, yeah, but I, I get why people misinterpret it. Yeah. Exactly. And it could have been done better. Yeah, absolutely. But I still defend that moment because I think, in a lot of ways, it's actually kind of brilliant. It's kind of, yeah, it, because in all our 75 fucking years of Batman, we never fucking brought that shit up before, you know? Like, so, yeah, it's very clever, but it just could have been executed clearer. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I agree. But, uh, yeah, Civil War, introduction to Spider-Man, you know, like, it's it's one of those things where it's, it's it was such a happy viewing, you know? Like, you went absolutely. in and you were like, that was great. It had its uh, drama and it had its more like fun elements. Like the big fight at the airport, that's the fun. Yeah. Everything else it's very winter soldier. Yeah. Very. And I I'm glad that the Avenger stuff, I feel like in my opinion doesn't undermine the Captain America stuff. Yeah. It's still very much a sequel to Winter Soldier and I like how we resolve that. Exactly. I it like, still feels like an end of a trilogy. I love the uh, reinterpretation of Baron Zemo. It's why these guys were given the reins to the final two Avengers And films. another interesting um, parallel to BVS again is how Civil War addresses the collateral damage of the previous Of MCU the previous movies, one, yeah. Which BVS did for Man of Steel as well. Yeah. That was a big point of contention. So there are... <laughs> it's such like an astronomical coincidence. Yeah. Because you know, it's the way film production goes. Like, it's way too soon for it's, that to be intentional. Yeah, no, not at all. It's yeah. just interesting how these things sort of shake out. But yeah, Civil War is a great movie. I still prefer Winter Soldier. Yeah. Just because I love that Winter Soldier just has that laser focus precision and focus you know what i mean yeah exactly it feels uh i guess it's very much like terminator one and terminator two where it's like terminator one feels very lasered you know like Mm -hmm. it's just like yo this is what's and then two like opens up the world yeah exactly so it depends on your preference i personally still prefer winter soldier but civil war is great like they're both like 
top top yeah, of top, the line. top 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 of the line. It's like pretty much anything the Russos have touched are like top. Yeah, of the line I, the I would say they would be in the top ten for yeah. all the Marvel movies. Any of the Russos. So the know, next movies. one, I doubt you have seen. Uh, which one? It is X Men Apocalypse. Uh, no, I have seen X Men Apocalypse. Seen that X-Men disaster Apocalypse. of a yeah. movie is fucking terrible. I think. It's like, I just Sorry, think, I'm not. I'm not as big of an X Men guy as you. So, yeah. For so those, obviously, I went in going, like, "This gonna be bad." For what I assume are mostly new viewers for like this new iteration of the podcast. Mm. I'm a big X Men fan. Apocalypse from the beginning. Yes, from the beginning. And I have always thought. And, I like certain X-Men. And I've always sort of defended, like, the um, Fox version of the X-Men for, like, what they do. And they were a milestone for, like, comic book movies yeah. going forward. They were a stepping stone. Exactly. And I've always enjoyed that iteration when it's good, but it falls under trappings of, like, a lot of long-running yeah. franchises. Any long-running franchise without a reboot is going to have those dips. Yeah. It's and just Apocalypse is another one of those dips. I don't feel like it's as bad as its lowest lows i would still rather watch it than x-men 3 i would still rather watch it than origins i still to yeah? this, i have not seen i mean Dark... yes origins is bad like... it's like i assume neither of us have seen dark phoenix i uh, know i did not i, I did not want to see dark i've phoenix. heard it's the worst one to me origins is still on the bottom yeah because origins is barely a movie no, it's origins is so incomplete it's so bad <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I uh, know. There not. are things I like about it, but but it's just no... one of those things where the guy they brought in a great actor to play that villain. Mm-hmm. You know, Oscar Isaac is fucking amazing. But like, you can barely act with all that heavy makeup yeah. stuff like that. The design was great. And it's just a great. weird design. It didn't and look it just, like a it just feels like a rush production. Just like implications about Brian Singer aside. Yeah, Jesus. Like implications aside, Days of Future Past felt focused yes and it was very well done apocalypse just felt like he was sort of fatigued yeah it's, it, it, yeah i feel i feel like that's the one that's the real winner it felt like they just came out with apocalypse way too soon yeah too fast yeah so after x-men apocalypse we are on suicide squad which yeah. suicide squad is an interesting one for me because it was a film i enjoyed i enjoyed on Initially, the first view yeah on the now, first view, it's... it is for me the lowest that the DCU has. Really? Yes. Because uh, it's like I would almost watch it more than BVS, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's it's faster. You mm-hmm. know, like it's over. It's like sure, it's a disaster, but it's a short disaster. Yeah, but BVS and... also has like ideas and stuff that yeah, I like. are actually not deep. Yeah, the Suicide <laughs> Squad is just kind of a breezy film. Yeah, but it's it's just so messy it really is and, that, like, and then it has uh, so like, the main problem with suicide squad is it's it's fine for me on the first viewing because you don't know the mystery but mm-hmm. once you know what the mystery is and that they're going to just let out um enchantress uh, no not enchantress uh what's her name uh, the big mystery is that they're going to go save uh amanda uh, oh amanda waller oh, amanda waller and you're just like that's such a fucking dumb mystery. You know, like, so basically the whole story's scrapped because it's fucking terrible. Yeah, and so then you just have characters, which some are good and others are just. That's what I was going to say. Because it not only has, like, that messy, but there's also, they're also most, for the most part, like, interpretations of certain characters that I just don't care for. I, like, I enjoy Harley Quinn. I enjoy Margot Robbie as Harley Margie Quinn. Margot Robbie can do no wrong by my book. I also like Will Smith just being Will Smith yeah. in Suicide Squad, but that's not Deadshot. No. No, it's not. It, it, it was cool, but if they recast Deadshot, I wouldn't even blink. Yeah, you exactly. Know, like, I wouldn't even be like, Everything cool. else, like Jared Leto's performance, I like for what I can see of it. Yeah. I don't like the aesthetic or the design. 
the performance I didn't really have. And much if of an you issue watch with. the deleted scenes, there is a fuckload more Joker. Yeah. If if Suicide Squad, the extended cut and there was stuff, even more that they shot that's just not present. And it's wild. Yeah. You know, like because basically it should have been a Jared Leto Joker movie instead of Suicide Squad, and, and they kind of just like amount and it's almost pointless to even say that like margot robbie was the highlight of the film because she's the only one sticking around we got birds of prey yeah. right around the corner yeah which i'm so excited for yeah. just because it sounds like they're sticking sticking the guns to the comics you know like you yes. know like and that's and that's the problem with suicide squad my only it feels still like they wanted to do the comics but then somebody was like oh we can't fucking adopt the comics you know that'd be fucking crazy and yeah. they're like we're making a Birds Flash of Prey, TV show. Birds of Prey looks <laughs> like, fun. My only issue with it is that it just kind of just feels like Harley Quinn featuring the Birds yeah. of Prey. Yeah, true. And true. I love the birds, so I would yeah. love to just have just a straight movie where she was more of the guest. But, she but, you but might as well. everybody knows that yeah. people show up for Harley more than they will and show up for And I get that, but you might as well have just called it Harley Quinn. Yeah. No. You could have just called it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. I wouldn't have cared. Yeah, exactly. But that's arguing misnomers. <laughs> yeah. So, next up. Next one is Doctor Strange. Also so, an interesting a, one. A solid movie, but one that's very forgettable. Like, I, yes. I, if you ask me the plot of Doctor Strange, it takes me a bit to remember what the fuck it was. Doctor Strange, um, for me, was actually the weakest uh, film in Phase 3 until two other movies came out later. <laughs> but my thing with Doctor Strange is I say this. Um, I know a lot of people, yeah, very cool effects, but a lot of people, um, get tired of origin stories over and over again. I've never minded it that much because I actually, I just don't like retellings of stories. I like origin stories for the most part. Origin stories so many times that I'm totally fine when you just like do it in a title sequence. Yeah. But just different heroes, like they all have like sort of their different elements. So yeah, I don't mind seeing origin stories. Doctor Strange is the first comic book film where I felt origin fatigue. Yeah. Where I feel like, can we just get to the cool Can we stuff? just, yeah, because the problem is, is that, it, is that it, it's not cool when he's not Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. you know? Like, at least when, okay, so we compare this to original Iron Man, because that's what this, this movie's trying to be. It's supposed exactly. to be magic Iron Man. And the problem is, is that Baron of Cumberbatch, uh, Doctor Strange, is not cool or fun or interesting to watch in that first half of the film. Yeah, until... Unlike Tony Stark's uh, is is just fun, yeah, and he's RDJ funny. RDJ just, like, know, carries like... that film with charisma alone to the point where you're just like, even if he didn't go in the armor, I wouldn't care. I just love seeing this dude. Yeah, exactly. And, like, uh, Stephen Strange in this uh, film doesn't have that. And no. my other thing is, and I understand that it's an origin story and we were kind of trepidatious about going too far into the magical stuff, the film is so restrained. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. They ruin. They lose. They like Mads Milks. How do I say his name? Mads Mikkelsen. Him. He's one of the best villain actors of our goddamn time, and they waste him. <laughs> and you haven't even seen waste Hannibal. him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, oh, he's unreal in that. And and they just waste him here because it's like in the comics, cool villain, but they just kind of like toss him away here. Shout out to a fellow podcast, Anti Fanboy. <laughs> yeah. For I forget who it was, but one of them had suggested that it's a shame that he had played Kaecilius in Doctor Strange because they said Mads would be a perfect Doctor Doom. Damn it. And ever since I heard them say that, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Pablo Escobar meme of just like staring down at an empty <laughs> pool, just like, what have we done? What have we done? <laughs> 
That's because that's so good. It is. It is. So it, he's definitely wasted. I also don't care for the way Dormammu was done but in the film. It's just that like a whole big scene, face. that whole thing is, they get the... They finally get the essence of Doctor Strange yeah. there. And you that know? time like, loop thing, that's, that a, weird, that's a great confrontation. That, like, cool, that... That's a cool way to subvert just the typical, let's punch each other. Yeah, That's a great confrontation. I just don't like the way Dormammu looks as just a giant face because Dormammu has the coolest design. Yeah, he does have a cool design. And like, I feel I like the magic Marvel was just kind of, the magic was so just lightweight and toothless. Yeah. And I feel like we've expanded on that in later appearances of Doctor Strange, yeah. but there's only so many times that, like, the only thing Doctor Strange can do is, is the runes. Shoot. Runes, 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 runes. It's like the only spell they know is runes. <laughs> and I want to see more crazy and magic Harry stuff. Harry only knows Expelliarmus, so, like, it's the same thing. Doctor Strange only knows runes. <laughs> Harry knows <laughs> Expelliarmus, and that's it. For people who are uninitiated, that's how they think it works. <laughs> Alright, oh, next ridiculous. up, Doctor, after Doctor Strange. The Lego Batman movie. Well, whoa, we're hitting everything bad, boy. Uh-huh. Alright, Lego Batman movie is not only one of my... Is, is the best Lego movie, but it is also one of my favorite Batman movies. It okay. has... It, it speaks to me in, like, a deep Batman fan way that, like... No other no movie, other movie talks done. to me and like that. Part of the know? reason like, it helps is that it is very much satirical. Yes. And that helps. I still It's like literally they had jokes that we made to to ourselves, exactly. you know, like uh, and uh and we it's just one of those things that like it's just so I was blown away at the time because it mm-hmm. was something like that it came out of my fucking head, you know, like but I I I understand it's not Lego movie is pretty great. I still prefer the Lego movie. Uh, the Lego Batman movie appeals to me more because they're like hitting me right where it goes. They're hitting me right there. <laughs> they know who they're playing. Yeah, to. right. So this movie was made for me. I still think the first Lego movie is. Still it the is best very one. strong. It yeah. is. It is. I, I'm not. It's just I. And love there are just that. like little things that I prefer about the Lego movie. How like all the environments are also Lego and yeah. the Lego Batman movie. They sort of made it more streamlined where objects are, but the background is kind of photorealistic, True. and I kind of miss. The authenticity of everything, oh, everything being, Lego. being Lego. But I love its sense of humor. I like its heart. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. All right, next up. Next up is <laughs> completely opposite end of the spectrum, Logan. Logan. So I've actually seen, not I saw that Logan in theaters, but I also saw Logan in black and white in you theaters. You saw Logan Noir. Yeah. Interesting. Fan fucking tastic like it was like the movie was shot for black and white you know like yeah which is interesting because uh, james mangold has admitted that it was not really shot to be black and white but he said it looks so good he said um if i remember correctly he had said when they were um putting out promotional stills for the films like they would go through different filters and stuff like that for the post-production and when they would go into grayscale they would be like looks really good that looks really good that looks really good she's like you know what this the way this movie is written and just the general tone and the way it's executed it could very much be in black and white and so that would that sort of and that just sort of went on its own it it really was it's It's one of those like movie things that i caught in theaters that makes you know like it as a movie nerd really happy because like it was one of those things that they don't even they put it out on dvd but you gotta buy like the special fucking 
noir DVD. Mm. You know, it doesn't come with the normal Logan. You Interesting. Know, like... uh, my Blu-ray for Logan just came with Logan Noir. Yeah, good. Yeah, they didn't like market it as like this is the Logan Noir version. Like I just bought the Blu-ray oh, for Logan because I didn't own it yet. And then I saw it's just like oh this has Logan Noir on another day. It, it really is a great watch. Yeah, know? it's just like Mad Max uh, Black and Chrome. Yeah, exactly. And and I I really enjoy this movie because. Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart get to really shine. Absolutely. You know, like, and they, and they not only shine, but finally bring, like, an extreme emotional depth to the characters they've been playing Absolutely. for half a decade. A know? lot of it for is, like, a lot of it is sort of, like, the best parts of The Wolverine just as a whole movie. Because James Mangold also directed The Wolverine. Yeah, which is, and like, And you can tell crap. there's a lot of studio interference with that. Oh, yeah. Because there are points where, like, The Wolverine, if it was allowed to be a little more unrestrained, is really cool. But then yeah. it, like falls apart it just it's rough <laughs> especially by the time you get to the third act yeah it just kind of falls apart and james mangle's been very like blatant about that it's just like no like they got their hands on it yeah just like i had one idea they pulled me in this direction <laughs> but with logan they just let me do what i want nice I, I i really i really feel like this is one of those great comic book movies yeah. you know like uh, logan is one of those like if you have to look at one of those like artsy, wonderful comic book movies, Logan's it. And I feel like you can hop in if even if you're not a huge X Men fan and still be like, that was great. Yeah, you know, it'll like, still appeal because it's just a good, solid standalone movie. Yeah. But for those who grew up with the X Men movies, especially someone like me who liked them. Yeah. And grew up with X Men in general to see like Hugh Jackman bow out. Yeah, exactly. Like they're really riding and out that just like Hugh Jackman just played Wolverine for so long. <laughs> And I feel like, yeah, it really kills it. Um, so next up on the list. Next one on the list. Yeah, after Logan. After Logan is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Volume 2. So I I enjoy Volume 2 a lot. I um, love Volume 2. It has gone personal. down to be one of my favorite MCU movies, and I prefer it to the first. It, it's It's... You prefer it to the first. I prefer it to the first. Ooh. Yeah. So so that's my argument with it is I, I don't know if it's more fun to watch than the first one, but it definitely think... it it gets personal and I love how yeah, personal. But that's it also gets. what I prefer. It's not going to be as fun as the first because it's the first and part of that X factor is that the first was so unexpected. Yeah. No one really knew what Guardians was gonna be. And and I just feel okay, so the thing with volume two is that I I cried. You know, like that, 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 the whole dad story made me fucking cry like a baby. Like, you know, like it, it was the first Marvel movie that I was like, damn, that's literally my heartstrings right there. You're playing on James Gunn, you know, like one felt like James Gunn really just having fun when he's, when he just has like a sandbox to play with volume two felt like he really want, he had something to say. He had something to say. And that's kind of the thing. Like there's there's some <laughs> are like more layer. I've rewatched Volume Two a lot, yeah. and there there's stuff beneath the surface that like goes over your head that first time that you're just it's like, wild. whoa. Because if you think of, I put it this way, think about like Star Lord's entire arc about it. Yeah, is about him sort of putting away childish things and becoming like a real man. Yeah, and shed and the entire his entire arc is about shedding his ego. Yeah. And... Uh... <laughs> Like, it's like this whole thing is just one giant metaphor for, like, this man-child shedding his ego. It's like, this movie, holy shit. Holy shit. So I didn't expect this with the talking talking tree and raccoon movie. (laughs) But it's true. And and 
Yeah, you might so not good. feel that way about Guardians also, of the Galaxy. You also, might feel it's a little sloppy, I also but I don't like, really feel it's sloppy. Yeah, I also like Kurt Russell in it. I think Ego, I even like Sylvester Stallone in it. Yeah, like because it feels is he in it? it feels it felt like it was a good cameo because it felt authentic. Mm-hmm. It was just like well, you respect. You gotta respect me. I'm Sylvester Stallone. You gotta respect me. Like, you know, like that's just uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just super well done. Yeah, and I like Kurt Russell in it. He goes actually sort of up there. He's not a great villain, no, but the purpose that he serves as a function in the story is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and I, I really there's also some great CGI in that movie that I feel is really fantastic. Absolutely, uh, I feel like even it looks good even today. And know? then even characters who I felt like were sort of in the background. Like, Gamora didn't really do much for me in Guardians yeah. Volume 1. I feel like she's fleshed out better in Volume 2. Absolutely. I feel like Drax has a whole... Drax is a whole other can of worms in Volume 2. Yeah, yeah. There's is. a lot of layers to him in that one, too. <laughs> it really it's is. It's so good. It is really good. I love Volume 2. Volume two's great. And I feel like people sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, I just... Maybe they don't connect with the dad story. I don't know. Yeah, because it, it is like sort of a deeper movie. It's a little more personal, and yeah. I think people just want, I want the fun again. Yeah. Give like, me and James the funny Gunn, music. And James Gunn was smart because he knew you can't just do that again. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think he did the right thing here. All right, so next one is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Now, Wonder Woman is great. Like, I, it, there's no other way around it. It's, it's solid. Like, you know, like... Wonder Woman still so far is my favorite of the yeah. DCU so far, yeah. Even over Joker. I haven't seen Joker, but you have. You, well, Joker's not DCEU. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> but um, but even that, we'll talk about Joker, or at least I will. Yes. <laughs> Break. I'm sorry. Uh, Wonder Woman is my favorite. For me, it's sort of, um, because Wonder Woman reminds me of like the feeling, of a feeling that I felt as a kid when I first watched Superman 78. Yeah. It has that like purity to it. Yeah. It's just like such a pure superhero movie, which later on Shazam is too. Yeah. But I think what the thing that like brings Wonder Woman above it for me is that it's also about something, which Shazam <laughs> is too. It has like the family aspect, yeah. but like just what it's trying to say about war and peace and love and war. And I've also been waiting for Wonder Woman to yeah, get exactly. for the uh, longest time. There, so my only complaint about Wonder Woman is there is some bad CGI. In that yeah, movie. yeah, that, there is. It, it, it just, it just some scenes don't, like especially the bracelet stuff looks bad. Mm. But then there's shots like her cl- crossing the trench, which are just. Wonderful. Eddie Jenkins actually had to fight for that scene. Really? Yeah. That's everyone's favorite scene in the movie. That, Warner Brothers thought it's just like, this doesn't really serve a purpose. Just get her to the church so he can punch Jeez. some shoulders. And that's Jeez. like the best scene in the movie. It's amazing. Uh, and, and that, it, it's like, it's, it doesn't have, it, it, it's good. It's solid. It's not over the top. Like you're going to be like, wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow. But it's definitely memorable and, and absolutely worth a watch. Absolutely. Next one up is. And I'm excited for 88. So. Yeah, so am I. I've actually, if um, if they had stuck with their original release date, it would have already been out. Yeah, yeah, it would have come. It actually would have come out like not too long before Joker. Which I have now. Uh, I am always confident in you should delay with these movies. Delay if you have to. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. like with with DC. Which um, and, from and what I hear, principal Warner photography Brothers. was done. Like it wasn't really a problem of that. I think they're just trying to avoid some of the bigger movies. Like, yeah. it was going to come out around the same time Joker was. Yeah. And then we got Star Wars right around the corner. Yeah. So I think they were just trying to avoid that. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they're just trying to get a good window. Absolutely. So next one up is Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming. So you're not as big of a fan as I am of this movie. I enjoyed this movie because 
it is a down home like high school spider-man movie you know like yeah it's it's one of the, it's sort of like i almost feel selfish for saying it it's just like yeah it's a fun movie but it's not it's not what i want out of it's Spider-Man. not what i want you spent billions of dollars but it wasn't what i wanted <laughs> <laughs> my but, thing about homecoming is that it's fun and i think it was the right move as like a perfect palate cleanser after two previous iterations yeah. of Spider-Man that didn't really have much time to breathe in between each exactly. other. It was a right way to go to sort of go for like this down-to-earth, grounded, high school John Hughes sort of it, thing. It's fun. Yeah, the John Hughes vibe is there. I really enjoyed the teachers all being really famous comedians. Yeah. I feel like that's a great part and about that movie. I love, like, I really like the cast. I love Michael Keaton as the Vulture, which the Vulture has yeah. never been a villain I've cared about. No, exactly. They finally did the Vulture right. You and, know, like, yeah, he, and, and I'm not even talking, like, right as in, like, they did it right in the comics or they did it right in the video game. They finally got... The vulture, right? Like that—that was a scary, cool vulture, you mm-hmm. know. Like, and there's and and my favorite other iteration is the Spider-Man Two video game, um, PS Two, like <laughs> vulture, <laughs> and that's it. Like, you know, like fair enough. <laughs> well, um, like I just love his pathos, and yeah. I love how it ties into like the Avengers. Like Michael he's just—he's just this working class dude. Yeah, he just... felt like he's been screwed over by the system. That's my... And I love again, that he's Michael fucking Keaton. Yeah, <laughs> and I love that they've made him like. His business is like collecting pieces from like yeah. all these big battles. He's literally a vulture, yeah, because he scavenges for these items, and that's so good. <laughs> and the and design was great. I like the costume. I gotta give it to MCU Spider Man. They got they've gotten their two villains right. Mysterio and and Vulture have got are 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 right on. Well, the they money. definitely they've definitely um taken cues from uh, the way the Raimi villains were handled, yeah. at least for the first two movies. It's just like, how do we ground them? Because Spider-Man villains are larger than life, but yeah. a lot of them kind of boil down to, it's just like, I just want to steal stuff. Yeah. So it's sort of hard to, <laughs> like, really give them some depth. So I think they sort of take the right cues from, like, what worked about Green Goblin, what yeah. worked about Doc Ock. I know you're not the biggest fan of that iteration of Doc Ock. But. But, like, sort of what works for, to make it palatable for a movie. They sort yeah. of take the right cues. Exactly. And I, and I, it's. It is a little weak in the action department, and that's it your is. main argument. That, and I just feel like it doesn't really have the teeth that I want it to. Yeah. I forgive it because it's very much trying to be a more grounded mm-hmm. thing, but my thing about Spider-Man is that Spider-Man is all about consequence. Yeah. It's just like every choice he makes will screw him over at yeah, some point. exactly. And I feel like it doesn't have enough consequence. Like, but say, again, he's for example, high school Peter. You know, for example, like, like uh, the bo- the bodega blowing up when yeah. he tries to stop those bank robbers. Yeah. If this was a Spider-Man comic, or maybe even the Raimi films, he's like that shopkeeper would either be dead or extremely injured. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to just like, oh, they're fine. Oh, they're fine. It's okay. It's just like, or the times that he keeps screwing over Liz because he's he has to like be Spider-Man stuff exactly. like that. If this was a comic, there would be much more dire consequences than that than normal. And that, and yeah, the action department, there's not really much to talk about. There's not even really a fight at the end. No, yeah. It's just, there's like the plain like sequence. And then after that, the film just starts to wrap up because yeah. it like has to save them. So it's fine for what it is. It's sort of just like, I get it. This is the, effectively the Spider-Man one of this new continuity. Yeah. We had to like differentiate ourselves from the other two adaptations. Because there's literally, as my wife says, it's like, are we going to see another freaking Spider-Man reboot? Like, you know, like, because yeah. it, 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 for people who don't 
love Spider-Man. This feels like Spider-Man fatigue. There's so many freaking Spider-Man movies, yeah. you know? Like, and believe me, normies don't care about, like, the behind-the-scenes troubles yeah. of why we've had so many different versions. Exactly. They just see us as like, oh, too many different Spider-Man. Yeah. I imagine this is what people felt about, like, Batman back in yeah. the day. Well, you're like, what? Just like, we just, we just lost Keaton, and we just lost Kilmer already? We only <laughs> had him for one movie. Exactly. Stuff like that. So I enjoyed it. I was sort of just like, okay, we're all right. But you better give me some teeth next time. Yeah. Which and, they do. Yeah, and we'll talk about <laughs> Far From Home later. So next one up, still the MCU, we're talking about Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok is... Uh, how do you say the director's name? I'm not going to try to pronounce uh, Taika it. Taika Waititi. I love that man. There's If there's a director that's like... Up, like, I mean, he's just like flying through Hollywood right now. I love him. Yeah, like, you know, like he's his career is like really taken off, and and it's really wonderful because he's he's always been good. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like, what like, we do in the shadows, what the we original... do in the shadows has start is quickly because I've rewatched it a lot. Yeah. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite movies. It's fantastic. Hunt for the Wilder People is hilarious. I really want to see Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I really want to see good. Jojo Rabbit. And this is by default the, the, first, best. the best of the Thor movies just because the other two Thor movies aren't very God, good garbage like uh, Thor 2 it, 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 for me at the bottom ranking of most of the MCU is but Age of Ultron and Thor yeah, 2 yeah Thor the Dark World and Thor like Thor the Dark World is like a lot of people's worst yeah. I still say it's a little better than the first because nothing happens in the first movie yeah but at least it like feels fun it's like 2's just like what the, but like what it the, does not like I rewatched it the other day and I was like what a fucking mess this was Absolutely. you know like it was on TV and I was just like oh my god so 3 is such a great breath of fresh air cuz it's actually good yeah it's good but I do have some issues with it yeah cuz they try to it's mostly because they try to slam Ragnarok, Planet Hulk in and you're just like wait not even so much that 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 bothered me Ragnarok I was like, Planet Hulk I think everyone was. Yeah. But um, Ragnarok is a really fun movie, and it's definitely the best one we've had so far. But it is sort of just Marvel Studios just sort of giving up. I I don't know if it would be giving up. It's not necessarily like just like... Because it was clear that they didn't really know how to execute Thor. No, they definitely were like, oh, we need to inject it with some Guardians of the Galaxy energy. Yeah, so like Ragnarok was sort of just like, this isn't really comic book Thor anymore. But we're going to just sort of reinvent the wheel, and we'll just move on from there, and it's going to be fun. Yeah. Which is fine, but it is sort of like them throwing up their hands in the air. Because originally, Ragnarok was going to be very different before Waititi was brought yeah. on. They, it was going to, very honestly, it was just going to be sort of a straight adaptation of the actual Ragnarok storyline, which yeah. is a lot darker. Yeah, very But dark. they also haven't really nailed that, like, fantasy that Thor yeah. is supposed to feel. So Ragnarok is sort of a different beast, but I think it's a change for the better. It's just sort of a shame that they didn't really get it to begin with. Yeah, exactly. I, stuff that should have been interesting. Malekith should have been interesting. The Warriors 3 should have been yeah. a bigger factor. Stuff like that. They just murdered them. Yeah, Ragnarok <laughs> is just sort of like clean house or just starting over. Like, it's it's a soft reboot, basically. Yeah, and, and you know what? I don't mind. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I don't... I think the... I think when you say giving up, I think it's like... I the soundtrack. The impl- I think the implications are a little more severe. Yeah, than would, uh, would the meant. soundtrack I feel is very like they were just like, well, what can we do? Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, you know, like it literally just feels like it that, is a little you know? more like, '80s than Guardians of the Galaxy's yes. like score. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything about it's more '80s. Mm-hmm. And then with 
Thor, Love and Thunder coming up. Did you see that fucking logo? We're going full 80s. Yeah, I like, love it. It's, it's, oh, looks yeah. Like, it looks like the Masters of the Universe I'm logo. I'm excited as fuck for but that. I've, I've heard um, Thor Ragnarok described as just like, it's it's pop art brought to the screen. Yeah. It, which is, you know, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun, yeah. <laughs> Ragnarok is fun. It's fun. It's just one of those things where like, I'm sort of disappointed that we had to do something so drastic yeah. because we didn't get it right the first yeah. time. Yeah, true. But true. But it wasn't a bad console, <laughs> like yeah, consolation. No, you know definitely what I mean? not. So the next one is Deadpool two. Deadpool two. So Deadpool two is is them being like, well, let's sort of do X Force, and then they were like, yeah, but let's not, and then because we're gonna do an X Force movie, and then they kind of fucked them, but maybe because not that. because Disney owns us now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So basically, the studio. Shot them in the leg from making a true X Force movie, mm-hmm. and then, but they still kind of like tried to do X Force. Yeah, um, I definitely. You know, there is some real good jokes here. I like, prefer Deadpool one, of course, definitely. I do think there's a lot of good gags. I think the choreography is definitely better. It helps that Deadpool two was directed by one of the directors of the first John Wick. Yeah, and it, that is definitely on screen. Like the choreography, the set pieces are better. There are some and, stuff... and Juggernaut is fucking awesome. Yeah, like, Juggernaut it, it, it looks Finally, good. we got Juggernaut, and he was done right. It's basically Juggernaut... like why I enjoy this movie. If there's one thing I enjoy about this movie, it's the Juggernaut. Yeah, done right, and I was so happy. About Juggernaut that. is good. I feel like. A fair amount of the VFX are actually better in the first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, it's, there's, it's little stuff. I think it helps that Tim Miller was a VFX guy, guy before he became a director. Yeah, like the one, the comparison I always say is if you look at Colossus in Deadpool one versus yeah. Deadpool two, Deadpool two, there's a bunch of great little details yeah. on Colossus. Like he has spots of like rust and corrosion he has like scuffs on his skin and stuff like that and then you get to and Deadpool he's clean tool, he's completely clean and sterile i think that's a perfect microcosm to describe yeah. like the VFX. i think that i think that's exit yeah i feel like that describes the entire movie it's, it's just kind of it's just kind of smoothed out yeah it's just kind of it's a little sterile and that's the problem is if they're gonna do a deadpool 3 it's gotta be rougher that, it's gotta be rougher around the edges to be feel more deadpool that you know, like. I, that and i didn't really care for like vanessa just kind of being fridged yeah that, yeah, it was just like that lame. was kind of lame, especially since I know Tim Miller said that like uh, Vanessa in his version of Deadpool two when he was still on the project yeah. was going to play a major part. Damn, as opposed to just being axed That's off. That's weird. Yeah. All right, moving on. No more Deadpool two. We've already kind of talked about it. <laughs> yeah, so the next one is Incredibles two. Ah. I wasn't originally going to put this on the list, but I decided to do like last minute. Well, you know what? Because of Disney Plus fucking talk about it yeah and like incredibles is still my favorite yeah. pixar film it's your so favorite pixar film? it's my favorite pixar film yeah. man that's a tough choice somebody asked me that the other day and i couldn't fucking pick one i i love so many but if i would say that incredibles is the movie the pixar movie i quote the most i'm like honey where's my super, super suit why do you need to know like <laughs> like i just i love that i love that movie so incredibles 2 tries like it really does it does try but for how long of a wait we had i will put the disclaimer it's not a disappointment just because it was just an okay movie and we waited so long that's part of it yeah 
but the movie just doesn't have like the same punch that the first no, film does. No, it's weird. It's a lot more. It's, it's almost the same problem Deadpool Two has. Yeah, is it just exactly. doesn't have the teeth? Like a lot of it kind of just repeats the same gags, like the whole Jack Jack stuff. Which like I do enjoy the, the Jack Jack stuff. stuff. Was I cute, love it. But we sort of already got that out of our system with the Jack with Jack the Jack Jack short. Sh- sure, yeah, and it's just kind of doing that again. Yeah, and a lot of the movie is that uh, the villain wasn't nearly as interesting it doesn't have that same bite i also miss the fact that what i love about syndrome really like syndrome's a great villain yeah he's a great yeah. villain because he feels personal and he is more topical now than yeah. he's ever been it's wild just like this it's almost gotten better yeah this <laughs> this like self-entitled fanboy turned like super villain just like oh it's too real <laughs> in 2019 it hurts <laughs> um and one of the things I also love about The Incredibles is that it's just as much of a secret agent movie as it is a superhero film. And this just felt like a weird glimpse into the family life of The Incredibles yeah. with the some sort of spy stuff with not this much last and not film. much like no, I miss, like I miss that like sequences. real I miss that real like Bond homage espionage. Yeah. I love that it was like a secret agent movie and a superhero movie at the same time. Exactly. It just doesn't have the same punch. And I feel like it was a mistake to have it take place immediately after the first. Yeah. I really think we should have just done a time skip. Yeah. Because I think there was stuff to talk about. Like, The Incredibles had stuff to say back when it came out. It would have been interesting to see what does an Incredibles movie look like now. in a completely different era yeah. where superhero movies are everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Like, what does The Incredibles have to say? So, I, I, I almost... It's like... As much as this movie was a disappointment, I almost want Incredibles 3. Yeah. I want that to be that step, you know, like that, like, hey, let's do a modern superhero movie with our characters. Incredibles you know, like. 2 feels like a sequel they would have rushed out like a year after the first one yeah, came out. It exactly. feels like that, except it came, dec- it came like a decade later. Which, we already had a precedent that Toy Story 2 is just as good as Toy Story 1. And that took a yeah, long time. Most people Toy Story 3 took a fucking long time. Yeah. You know, like, these, it's like, usually when Pixar spends time, it it's a great thing. Yeah, they have you know, something, like, like, they're bringing it back for a reason. Even stuff that you, even stuff that's like their B material, like Finding Dory, has like, so, oh, why am I crying? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I, I do enjoy Finding yeah. Dory. Yeah, it's a great one. But yes, Incredibles 2, it just doesn't have it. Yeah, it really doesn't. Uh, next up. So speaking of not having it. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I didn't formulate the list this way. Yeah, this it is... just worked out that way for yeah. the release dates. Ant Man and the Wasp. Damn it. Damn it. So okay. So Deshaun actually sat through this whole movie. I did not see this in theaters. I waited a long time because I don't give a shit about Ant Man really. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's an asshole in the comics, so I want if I'm gonna get that Ant Man, I want that Ant Man. I it's like I do love Paul Rudd though. Uh-huh. But like but at the same time, I shut off Ant-Man 2 this at is, about 30 minutes in. I just is, was um, like, this is the most boring crap. This is something I should have addressed when we were still talking about the first movie. Yeah. But one of my big like pet peeves is like when a movie seems like it, it has like a minor thing. Yeah. It feels like it would be a much more interesting movie. Yeah. And both the Ant-Man movies have that. In Ant-Man 1... The whole, like, flashbacks is just like, oh, yeah, Hank Pym was like this, he was, like, in the Cold War, yep. he's, like, doing this stealth espionage stuff with the Ant-Man tech, and I'm just like, why didn't we get that movie? That sounds dope. <laughs> like, Ant-Man in the Cold War, like, doing espionage yeah. stuff. That sounds more sounds interesting amazing. than just a heist. Exactly. And then with um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, this time, it's all the Quantum Realm stuff. Yeah. Honestly, this movie should have just been in the Quantum Realm. Yeah. Imagine an entire movie, just, say, with... It's like just with um, Scott 
just trapped in the quantum realm with no yeah. way to come back, and he just goes through like this odyssey, yeah. and then he finds like Janet on the way. Exactly. Like that could have been a very interesting movie. Instead, it's just it spins its wheels. It feels like it's on autopilot. Yeah. You can tell it's like you guys get one movie where Edgar Wright had nothing to do with it this time. And you guys had no idea just what to ran do. Ran out of ideas. Like even I, stuff I, that was like hilarious and charming in the first one, like Louise yeah. was hilarious. Like I love Michael Pena yeah, in that he's movie. Great. He's in this, and like I didn't, like you didn't get a chuckle out of me. No, I didn't laugh the entire time. Like everything just sort of fell flat on its face. Yeah, it's just not. It's it's one of those movies that I I feel like this is the bottom of the barrels you know like this is pretty low on yeah, the list like, like Dr. Strange Age of Ultron you know like, like and this, I was willing to give like, it a shot because like the first one surprised me and the first one yeah. could have been a train wreck I was like I'll give it a shot and I like this version of Ant-Man let's do it you yeah. didn't do it and Dr. Strange was no longer my weakest of phase three at that yeah, point exactly it was rough one of those ones I was just not gonna go see but everyone was like you gotta go see it to understand the next movie and I was just like now nah, wait till somebody posts it online <laughs> yeah. So, so like, just tell me when that, that tell me when that post credit scene goes up on YouTube and we're good. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch that and be done. So the next one is I haven't seen this. I don't know if you have, but I put it on here just in case. Teen Titans go to the movies. I did actually see this movie because I'm a I'm, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> is that I I was there was so many movies out at that time, but I was like I was like yeah. Teen Titans go to the movie. This looks crazy. And it is. It's nuts. It's all over the fucking mm-hmm. place. But in reality, I had a really fun time. You yeah. know? Like, it It kind of brings in some good writers, finally. It's like the satirical stuff finally hits, like, a really good fever pitch. You yeah. know? It's basically it. And it's, it's a fun movie. There's no other way to slice it. You know? Like, is that it's got some good music. It's got some good parody. It's... It's not exactly going to be everybody's cup of tea, but if you yeah. love making fun of the DC universe and also love the DC universe, you're gonna fucking love it. Yeah, especially this movie. if you if you're one of those people who likes Teen Titans Go to yeah. begin with. I will clarify with this, I don't like Teen Titans no, Go. And I don't I'm, either. And but that's I'm the also, reason why I felt like I was a weirdo for seeing this movie. But I also have to clarify that I'm also not even the biggest fan of the original Teen Titans show either. No, because I am. That it's definitely like, one of I those. Think it's a, like, it's a really fun show. It's one. not it's not my Teen Titans. I grew up with like reading the George Perez yeah. um like new Teen Titans stuff. Yeah. And it just doesn't represent the Teen Titans to no, me. No, it doesn't. I feel like for me, Young Justice is actually closer yeah, to Yeah, and and uh, yeah, I'm Young Justice like Young Justice is actually closer to Teen Titans than it is to Young Justice the topic you take this name from which is interesting so yeah I didn't see it it looked fun I mean you kind of had me with Nicolas Cage voicing Superman yeah exactly like that's so that's so like meta and you would only know if you're a nerd yeah exactly it's it's, and that's the thing is it if you love if you if you liked Lego Batman you'll probably like this movie yeah that's what I heard it is full of good jokes like that you know like good satirical DC stuff Mm mm-hmm all right, next up. Next up is, I don't know if you've seen it. I think you have. I haven't. Is Venom. Venom. I did see Venom. I did see Venom. Okay, because I'm a big Venom fan. I, I've been, since I, a kid, I I've love been Venom. a huge Venom was always the most interesting Spider-Man villain to me. It, I had, it's one of the reasons why I'm a huge Spider-Man fan is Venom. I just know? couldn't. Like, Dude, like, I had no interest in watching a Venom film that had nothing to do with Spider-Man. Yes, but Tom Hardy. I love so, Tom Hardy. this movie is bad. It's but it's a fun bad. That's you know that's like all I've heard. That's and I've that's heard, all you can say is I've it's heard bad. friends who love Spider-Man who know way more about Spider-Man than I do have been just like it's not good, but it's fun. It is fun. I enjoy it. 
It's not good, though. Uh, no, Let me clarify. No, it's no, not good. No, it's I not. like it, but That's it's not exactly good. That's exactly how I would review it. It is not a good movie. It is not... Like, if you watch this as any type of, like, critique, it's not good. But it still has some of the best Venom CGI ever, ever done. And Tom Hardy had no right bringing this... Bringing how hard he brought this, you know? Like, he sells it. Mm. And, like... And he's the best Eddie Brock, you know? Like, he's just fucking... Well, I mean, when the only other is, option is, is Topher Grace. Yeah, Topher Grace. I mean, that's one thing that did interest me. Is just like, well, at least Venom looks like Venom this time. Yeah, exactly. Great. And I really feel like this... It's like, in the right hands, this could be a good thing. Tom Hardy as Venom. But, but in the hands it's in, it's not. Yeah, and it's just one of those things you're just like... Did you guys really have to just blow your wad to just make yeah, a Venom movie? Seriously. Like, imagine how cool it would have been if, say, if you, if you just put it into the MCU. Or if you just waited a little bit and did Spider-Man versus Carn like, versus Venom. Venom it's just its like, own movie. It's its own just fucking waited. movie. Like, like, you did not need a solo movie. Imagine how cool it would have been because we were in space in Infinity War. Yep. If yep. it just ended yep. with... Hey, 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 Infinity this, War. Hey, this black I want to fight you for that alone. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like we'll talk about Infinity War in a bit, but like, that's one of those, I feel like Infinity War and Endgame could have introduced Venom anywhere. Just like, hey, what's this black thing that just attached to my suit? Oh my just like, we don't address it now, but you know it's going to get addressed exactly. later. Exactly. Or, or even like, instead of the crazy Iron Man suit killing all those things, we could have had Venom, you know? Oh. Like... Black we'll get suit. to it. We'll but get I'm to, just, I'm just we'll, saying. We'll, we'll get, get to, to the it. Avengers. We'll get to it. We'll get to yeah. Avengers. But, like, I'm just saying, there's been... It's like, I know they don't have the rights to Venom, but, like, obviously they need to get that the fuck back. You know? <laughs> like, if I was Disney, I would just fucking throw my big dick around and buy fucking Spider-Man back, you goddamn bastards. Like, right. <laughs> so the next one is Justice League. Yeah. Okay. So Justice League is is a mess it's a, it's a mess Absolutely. because of, of of many things but it directly because you have two very different directors directing the same movie mm -hmm. Zack snyder shot most of his movie and then his daughter passed away and he had to step out and josh whedon one of like it's like obvious you would throw in a joss whedon in to try to like marvel up the dc which universe. i get but you course corrected too hard too fast yes it literally feels like a completely different universe and completely different characters it's just like and whether you like the what like what snyder had to say beforehand with those last two movies i wanted something more consistent yeah and it's and, and you know what it's like sure i get it this it's like you, you need to bring in some fun. That was mm. definitely something that needed to happen. Like, but you could tell this was a deeper, more violent movie under Zack Snyder. And that, and there is a Snyder cut and obviously everybody's been pushing for it, but like it, it's, it's, it's obviously a different movie under his guy. Yeah. And it's, it's honestly because like Justice League, I don't hate it, but it's kind of like it's, the most generic comic book movie I've ever seen. Yeah, which like which is for sad. Justice League is very sad. It's very sad because and, you have a lot of good ingredients here. Yeah, and coming Lots from of good ingredients. a person who actually enjoyed Snyder's take on these characters yeah. and wanted to see where it was going, and now now that it's gone, turned a complete one eighty, 
And we do actually have some details about yeah. where we were going. And, but and I'll, like, I'll talk about it. But 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 like, there's things wrong with this. Yeah, like, absolutely. as the final product, like, why do we have to fight Superman? You know, like the Justice League has to fight Superman just to wake him up from his mm-hmm. fucking thing. Like, why? It's such a useless fight. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I lifted off my glasses on my face. You guys can't fucking see that. Yeah, the only, I, the only cool tr- the only cool part is Flash running and Superman being like, "I see you." Yeah, that's like that's oh, that's that so part, good. That's like a that's, gets me a half chub right a, there. But, but that's a morsel. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem is that is that movie is full of the morsels. Mm-hmm. It's full of like that's a good idea. Oh, that's a good idea. Why is this giant shroud of bad ideas coming over us? Oh, no! Like, and that's exactly that whole movie. Yeah, and a lot of it was reshot. I yeah. hear up to like 40% of it was yeah. reshot. And you can kind of tell. Yeah. There's especially, scenes that don't look the same. Especially with Affleck. Yeah. Because you can kind of tell when he seems like he's into it. Yep. That's the Snyder stuff. When he seems like he just wants to get the fuck out of here, it's the reshoots. Yeah. Because it's not only just, like, the tiresome, like, reshoots and, like, the reception of BVS, but Affleck was also going through his own stuff in his life yep. at the time. Yep. Which, you know, thankfully he seems like he's on the upswing lately, like he's starting to get back up. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully, but, like, the thing is, is that this this is a mess, and Zack Snyder had something different. And, yeah. You know, like, Do you want to know what that is? I, don't know uh, if you I know, know he kills Steppenwolf, uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman kill Steppenwolf at uh, the end. Not just for, um, like, what? the actors have been showing to try yeah. and like push it but like sort of the long game yeah he's elaborated on it and kevin smith has also like talked about it too uh the idea was that they were sort of playing the long game to uh for that nightmare sequence that yeah. we got in bvs that everyone was confused about and like flash traveling back in time yeah the idea was pretty much what we thought we're heading we're in the dark timeline universe and we're heading to that point and we're going to get to a point yep. where we sort of reset it to bring the building blocks of a more traditional DC universe. Yeah, exactly. Which, for a long game, it's interesting because you kind of felt like that was the take from the start. Yeah, that it was and a dark. It, but it sort DC of like universe. justifies like the more like grounded take to begin with, and it would have been interesting to see. But that's all you know. That's speculation. It's all washed. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, it's one of those movies that just like it. I waited movie, my entire life for a Justice League movie, and it was so not it. And this movie tries to, like, mitigate that stuff to, like, these heroes. It's that speech that Lois gives at the end. It's like, yeah. these heroes are always here. Now they're the traditional DC heroes. Like, you didn't earn that, though. Yeah. You didn't earn that. No. You just pretended, like, the other stuff didn't happen, especially as Superman is concerned. Yeah. And I like Henry Cavill in Justice League just playing more traditional Superman because he's good at it. Yeah. And he could have been good at it if that's the take we wanted from the start. He's good. Yeah. But it's way too stark a contrast yeah, from before. Yeah, it's too weird. You're like, what the fuck? And it's, I feel like it's one of those easy things you could have even written around. Yeah. Because he just died. You could say, oh, no, I just kind of have, like, after I died and now that I'm back, I just feel like... I feel better. I feel like yeah. I have like a new perspective on things. Exactly. Like it, less destructive. <laughs> like you could have fleshed that out more. Yeah. No, it's true. There's lots of things. So next up on the list after Justice League. After Justice League is Black Panther. Black Panther. So Black Panther, uh, we were joking on it earlier, but it really is a top-tier Marvel. Like For top me, tier. I've actually done <laughs> maybe i'll maybe we'll link to it in the description or something but i've actually done like my own um like you know the tier maker list yes. that everyone loves to put on twitter yep i've done that for the mcu but this was at the time where like um i hadn't placed endgame yet yeah exactly um for me black panther is top tier it's not the highest though. no i i think people 
freak out about the movie for a lot of reasons. It is a really good movie. It is it a really good really movie. It really is good. And but... I understand that it speaks to a lot of people, and that is very important. Yeah. And, and exactly, exactly. Like, I, it's just not the audience, it's just not talking to me exactly. It, and so, so I enjoy the movie a lot. I really do. Yeah, it speaks to me on a certain level being a minority. Yeah. But the movie as it is, is solid. It Very does have solid. its own issues. Great villains. I, I think, yeah. uh, like... Michael B. Jordan is, is really the best part about it. He's and probably honestly, the best villain. Yeah, uh, so Almost good. the best villain in all of the uh, MCU. Killmonger's great. I like where it goes. I like anything surrounding him. I think my major problem is that it doesn't... It wants to have a certain scale, and yeah. it doesn't. Like, yeah. it thinks it's bigger than it is. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like maybe that's coming with Black Panther 2, uh, also, it has the final fight scene looks bad. There's no other way to, uh, to shake yeah, it. Yeah, just the, the CG rhinos, and they look like Sam Raimi Spider-Man string beans, but, you know, that came out in the early 2000s. No, the, the subway fight. That's the part that bothers me the most. Yeah, that's like, what I'm talking about. Yes. It's just, just that shot where the fight starts where they're falling through the air. Yeah, you're just like, that oh, whole fight. Lord. Like, like, it's, oh, Lord. Yeah, it doesn't look great. For, and, for a Brit, for, and like, I do under- for a great... For, for the rest of the movie being so great, you'd think they would punch and, a little bit more money into that. And But I do understand that Infinity War came out right after, yeah. so you know where the money was going. Went. Yeah, you know where the Disney bank was going. <laughs> but it's still it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's, it's, it is a great movie. Just like, and I think it has a lot of potential for, like, that, that really good second movie. Yeah. Because the thing you always have to worry about is the third one. You always have that one, it's solid, it sets everything up, two goes all in, and then for some reason we fall on our face with yeah. the third. <laughs> Unless you're going Thor, where it's bad, 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with the solo Wolverine movies. Yeah, you're right. For some reason. Bad, 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 Origins. <laughs> Gabbage. The Wolverine. Okay at best. Yeah. Logan. A master. <laughs> Third time's a charm, I guess. <laughs> but all right, next one is Infinity War. Infinity War. Yep. So I, so all right. So how do we do this? Because I immediately want to say that as much as I love Endgame, Infinity War is a really tight package. You know, like, yeah. You know, um, like, I and I almost prefer it over I Endgame. I would probably say if I had to think about it, I'd probably infer Infinity War um, to Endgame. I still think they're like pretty much in the same they're, like yeah tier. they're neck and neck like, they're neck and neck infinity war is just tight yeah it's tight that's the thing it's like, like it's so tight it's so focused i love the pathos i love which endgame you gotta give it a little bit of it's trying to be emotional at the beginning it's trying yeah, to it's, deal that like a lot of shit happens it's you know, also like, like the celebration of the mcu yeah. and all they've accomplished exactly. especially since a lot of people are leaving so, it makes sense. It makes sense, but I just love the pathos that Infinity War has. I love everything surrounding Thanos. And I'm an edgelord, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I love downer cliffhanger endings. Yeah. Like I love that stuff. Empire's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, is it really like that it's it's one of those movies that just it it, it starts well and ends well. You know, like and that's what else yeah, do you and ask it, for? And it feels like it's juggles so much almost effortlessly yeah which is wild like, which even endgame doesn't do as well no because you can feel that they're juggling a lot infinity war just there's, there's such precision and such tact yeah i i feel like there there is some problems with infinity war mm-hmm. but overall it's it's a tight package that that delivers the like the best avengers movie you know like avengers title 
like you know like this is i feel like the best one you know like sure i may have not cried like uh, no i didn't cry at endgame but like you know shed a little tear like, <laughs> we'll get to endgame yeah, we'll get to endgame but like it definitely and i mean i almost did with the mr stark i don't feel good <laughs> but like but like yeah it's 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 a tighter package there is some problems like why the fuck is star lord so goddamn dumb but uh like um we could we could talk about we that. We could talk about we it. We probably won't and we'll probably go on a tangent with yeah. it cuz that's what we do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um I'm not crazy about the way Star-Lord is characterized in in in, in, in Infinity, Infinity War. War. You can't really speak much anything cuz he's not really in Endgame much. Yeah, not really. They kind of knew they kind of fucked up with Infinity War. Especially cuz I feel like it also the way Star-Lord I don't expect him to be a completely different person. No. In Infinity War, but I feel like the way he acts in Infinity War and a little bit of Endgame sort of undermines what we were what trying we saw to too. do with Volume Two. I agree, yeah. and I and that's why it feels it like sure he's driven to the edge because of Gamora, but at the same time it just feels like they needed a, a moment, a person to blame, you know, like yeah. and and sure that's controversy and that's what they love, you know, like you get to be like and oh, for me and, it, it, and, and, and for me know, for the most part it feels very much within his personality yeah, to do something does. that stupid. It does. But it still sticks out. Yes, it does. So, next up, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. The this is the best Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Hands down. Absolutely. No question. This is the I uh, I think you said it best. You went to the movie theaters that weekend. You saw into the, into Spider-Man. I saw I saw Aquaman, and we'll get to we'll get to Aquaman right after. But I saw Into the Spider Verse and Aquaman the same day. Yeah, like literally, I saw Aquaman in the morning, and then Spider Verse like in like a half an hour later. <laughs> we had we had lunch. It became yeah, it was fun. It was nice, and I really like Aquaman, and we'll talk about it. Yeah, Into the Spider Verse. I almost felt bad for Aquaman because I saw Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> Afterward, I'm glad I didn't see it first. Yeah. <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse coming from someone who just, who not necessarily raises my nose at the MCU's version of Spider-Man, but it's not really an iteration that speaks to me all that much. Yeah. And, like, my favorite, like, of the theatrical Spider-Man films has always been Spider-Man 2, just because I feel like it's a film that really shows, like, the consequences of being Spider-Man yeah. and does it very well. Cheese aside, but that's also Sam Raimi's bag. He loves, like, yep. early... Spider-Man, yep. like, early Stan Lee stuff. Yep. And it's reflected in those films. Exactly. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse really nailed it. Yeah. Like, it had all the fan service. It You felt the struggle. There was yep. con- there were consequences. It wasn't tensionless like a lot of Homecoming was. Yeah. It's like, and I, it had all... It's like, and it was beautiful to look it was, at. It was beautiful to look at. They, they get the Miles story so right. You know, like, and they do change some things. Yeah, and for the most part, I would say for the better. Yeah, it, it, it mostly like most of the changes work. Uh, it's like it, it's just one of those things that it's a well casting film. It, it's like everybody's good, Every, voice casting wise, like so good. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, Nicholas Cage's Spider Man Noir is it's almost is, hilarious is to think about the stuff that into the Spider Verse has to juggle. Yeah. That, like... John Mulaney as Spider-Pig. And, <laughs> and I immediately think to, like, 3 and Tasm... Spider-Man 3 and Tasm 2, how they just fell apart. Exactly. It's... it. That's the thing. It's like, yes, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is one of those movies where they tried to make it feel like Spider-Man, where there's all these different villains attacking, and it didn't work, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, but here... We, there's there's a ton of villains in Into the Spider-Verse, and there's a ton of Spider-Man. <laughs> ton of Spider-Man. And, We're talking about multiverse. 
We're going through and origin they handle stories. It. They hand the whole movie just handles it. Yeah. You know, you can't it. It's one of those films that immediately when it went on digital, I bought it. Yeah, and there's stuff that they've changed to like Miles's origin, just little stuff that I feel like is for the better because we did talk about Miles Morales' yeah. iteration of Spider-Man back when yep. we were still doing. We had a whole podcast about, about it. Yeah, like, and and I and you know we're fans, so yeah. and when we're saying that this is great, this is this is it, it's definitely for me into the Spider Verse is even up there for Spider-Man superhero movies in general. Yeah, like, it's absolutely so, top. Like, it's so good. I love little changes like making Uncle Aaron more of a figure yeah. in Miles' life, someone that he likes, as opposed to the more selfish like Prowler he was in yeah. the comics. I also like that they turned his dad into a cop because that's an interesting parallel it to is. go with. It's as nice. opposed to just being kind of a guy who used to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Yeah. It's way more interesting that way. And it's nice for like Miles to sort of reclaim some glory. Because another thing which I'm surprised that I forgot to mention in Homecoming... Is they is steal. I don't like that uh, the MCU Spider-Man kind of steals a lot of like Miles' like elements. Yeah. And then just repurposes them for Peter. Yeah. In which I, I, I feel like that's some white privilege bullshit which, right fun there. Fun fact. <laughs> like... uh, the reason why... Uh, I think it's Gonke. I, yeah. I think I've heard like Brian Bendis actually say that it's Gonke. Gonke, okay. Yeah. Um, the reason why he's sort of in the background in Spider-Verse is because of Ned and Homecoming. They yeah. literally admitted to that. They were like, And that uh, always bothered me because Ned is literally just Gonke. Yeah, it really, it's the same thing and like, and I'll say it again, it's white privilege bullshit. Because <laughs> like, they just like, they're just, they just stole it from Miles and like, and, and it was such an important part of Miles' thing but the same Besides that, but they were it's able to work. But they were able to work and, with it. And I'll bring this up later. Uh, this is the first movie that gets Spider-Man fights right. You know, like and, and extremely it, right. To be fair, it does have the advantage. Yes, of being it, an animated it, being film. an animated film, but it it has that like insurmountable odds with the high speed action of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, like because Spider-Man's got to be whipping around. Like that's what really feels spider-man is him just like somehow being like boop, 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 all over the place yeah and i feel like the closest we've ever gotten to that in the live action films as bad as it is is tasm 2 yeah it's true like if i if i will say anything for like tasm 2 is that i feel like they really nailed just the way spider-man moves and yeah. runs around i s- remember still fucking like a couple movie, of months but... ago because I was thinking about just the state of the Spider-Man movies after I come out of Far From Home. Yeah. I actually watched the opening scene of Tasm 2 again, which is just him swinging around and, like, chasing the van. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is so well done. I yeah. miss, like, this sort of I intricate... remember watching that and being like, wow. And then they did the first scene with Dennis Leary in the car. And I and was like, like, ruined. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Movie's bad. <laughs> just like, yeah. And I was just like, wow. I miss, like, this larger-than-life, really intricate, just, like, cinematic web swing which yeah. we don't really get in the mcu no there's a little bit of it far from home but it's not it's not what i want <laughs> but yeah spider-verse so, is fantastic yeah fantastic so next up is aquaman aquaman so i'm a big aquaman fan like so yep. and, and and not only of aquaman but of aquaman that this story's doing an iteration of i love jeff john's aquaman and like, this movie is kind of just the whole jeff and John's they were just like we're gonna do the entire thing like, and i feel like that's the film's biggest detriment yes because they try, try to, to cover like literally 50 issues of fucking aquaman here you know like it's ridiculous but it's a lot of fun it is and to be honest there there is sort of it, it is a little messy I feel like it doesn't go too overboard. I don't feel like it's a complete mess or anything. Yeah. 
there is something sort of refreshing of like this old school mentality of just like who knows if we're gonna get another Aquaman movie. Yeah, so, so if let's you're gonna do, do it. it. You're gonna do everything. It's, it's sort true. of the Batman '89 thing, like why they had um, Joker be the person yeah, that killed Bruce exactly. Wayne's parents. Just like, only got one because chance. it because it makes this story. Come full circle. Who knows if we're going to make another Batman exactly. movie. So you make it as complete as possible. And that's what I feel like with this. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that Aquaman, it's not, it may be, it's, it's not, a, it, for me, it's, it might not be above Wonder Woman, but it's really up there. Like, it really, oh, yeah, it does certainly. a good it's, job. Uh, Jason Momoa is good. Like, it's it a, has such, like, a visual flair. I love how, like, unashamed it is to yep. be very comic booky. Like, the moment you have, like, an octopus drumming. I know. You're like, like, what? This is great. <laughs> it's like, the fact that they managed to make the traditional Aquaman costume look, look good, good on Jason Momoa. Is, specifically is a, is a miracle because I mean that's the reason they avoided it in Justice League and they just went with their own like yeah. new look because they were like we can't do this they made it look good like I loved Ocean Master's costume yeah him his stupid... and he's good as Ocean Master yeah too. Patrick Wilson he's he... really good I love how um because Snyder did Watchmen that in the DCEU we like to bring like Watchmen alumni yeah we're like, we'll characters. Just bring those in <laughs> we've had what Carly Gugino was like the voice of the AI in yep. Man of Steel we've had um. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who was the comedian. He yep. was Thomas Wayne in BVS. Yep. We've had, um, uh, his name's escaping me, but the actor who played uh, Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen is Barry's dad yep. in Justice League. I love that we keep doing that. Now we just need Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> yeah, for just, We've yeah, almost, we're almost there. We almost, almost there. have all of them. The whole set. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's it's a fun movie. I, I like Aquaman. It's I a think. blast. It's a blast. It's... It is not without faults. It really, it really. Uh... But to be honest, it's kind of like the it's the Aquaman movie I've always wanted. Yeah, exactly. It's almost to its detriment because it's kind of just like you just kind of you did. You it. used it. I don't. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like like Aquaman two is coming because Aquaman made bank. But yeah. I'm just like I don't, I don't really. If you made it, never made it, I'm good. <laughs> if you never made another one, I'm good. Yeah, like, like, you, I'm solid. You did exactly what I wanted. I'm I'm all they, right. I mean, they covered Throne of Atlantis, which is all that I fucking wanted. Yeah. You know, like, and they did it well. And they did, you know, I, there's a lot of things they cover. See, the thing is, it's like, as a comic book fan, I really enjoyed it. And my wife really enjoyed it because it was a fun adventure. You yeah. know, like, and, and there was some really good, uh, like, costume design and, 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 design and set great. design the costume and... looked great I love that Ocean Master just had his stupid mask right. I love that stupid mask love that stupid and mask. it was great <laughs> so good alright <laughs> and yet Scarlet Witch can't have her stupid headdress I know seriously Jesus Christ just... <laughs> we'll get to it we'll get to it <laughs> that's just like a minor little tangent alright next um, up next up is Captain Marvel Captain Marvel so Captain Marvel's not bad it's not bad but it's messy it is uh it uh, i think brie larson does a good job yeah after the beginning i feel like she just at the beginning she uh, she doesn't know if she should be stoic she doesn't know if she should be brainwashed here's the thing she She doesn't doesn't know because the writers don't know i don't think like the characterization for carol danvers in this movie is all over the place yeah and I remember, I remember how messy that movie was, and then when I got to the credits, and I saw like six writer credits, yeah. and I'm just like, there we go, there we go, there we go. That's why. 
And like there, it, uh, there's there's some good things going on here. I love the young '90s feel that's going on. Yeah, you know, like... I will say this because um, I'm actually I was familiar with Carol Danvers beforehand because yeah. I grew up with X Men. Yeah, and Carol Danvers has often been tied with the X Men. It's actually how Rogue got her flying and super yeah. strength. She got it from Carol Danvers. So I like Carol Danvers. I don't feel like this movie really did her justice. No. I don't think so either. I think it needs to. I think you need Captain Marvel 2 to, like, really... Like, that's the problem, is they try to make this personal, but it doesn't yeah, and feel I like, personal. It doesn't have... And my biggest problem is that um, Carol in this movie doesn't really have any agency. No. So you would think, like, her primary thing is, like, she has to get her memories back. She needs yeah. to know who she was before. The way it's presented on the film, it seems like she doesn't really care about no, that. It's weird. So it's know. so instead, it's just about like this. It's just really about the scrolls on Earth. It's like okay, so you don't care about her memories, so you don't make me feel like the memories are that important yeah. if she doesn't care about them. But then you emphasize it so much, yeah. And you put stuff like oh, her old, her old like fellow pilot who's like her best friend you can tell they're best friends because in flashbacks they tell us that they're best friends yes without like doing any of the work to show why they are <laughs> best friends it's a lot of like tell don't show it's just so messy it just doesn't know yeah. what it wants to be no it's... and i like brie larson i like her in the part i feel like she's just struggling with what she has to work with yeah i i feel like there's there's not good people behind the helm and this may be one of the lazier of all the marvel films like, yeah, you know, and I know like, a lot of people liked it because, you know, it's it, they really liked it because it was, like, the first MCU film with, like, a female lead. And believe me, I love that, too. But I love, you, you yeah, I love do, that. I want more. Yeah, but, you need to do more than just go there. Yeah, it, yes, exactly. Like, it, it, it's... It's fucking 2019. Like, we Black, can't fucking just be like, like loved, oh, we got we got like, a female one. Yeah, it's we like, loved, no, make a great one. We loved Black Panther for the representation, but Black Panther was still a good movie beyond that. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the same goes for Wonder Woman. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like, it's a good movie beyond the representation, and exactly. that's important. Because you can't just be like representation without content, you know? Like... Uh, Pet Cemetery. We were talking about the, they gender flipped it in the middle of Pet Cemetery, and it, it kind of as a consequence, the, it made it more cliche. Yes, which yeah. is like I enjoyed the original Pet Cemetery, mm. and I was enjoying the flip until it kind of felt like I had seen the movie before all yeah. of a sudden. You know, like I was like, huh. but, but you know, getting beyond it's that. Weird. Sorry, weird. So yeah, messy. So, like, Captain Marvel and Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, really, because Phase Three was on fire for me. Yeah, like Doctor Strange wasn't bad. But, you know, you had, like, Civil War. You had Infinity War. Yep. It's, like, just, like, a, a Volume 2. Exactly. The Ragnarok. The like, phase, phase was better than that. Phase 3 was, like, really going. And then I feel like we sort of tripped with Ant-Man and the Wasp and mm -hmm. Captain Marvel. was, like, a double whammy. It was a double whammy. So, after Captain Marvel, conveniently, because... Wow. Shazam. Shaz Shazam! So, I'll just say, Captain Marvel was better than Captain Marvel. Yes, exactly. Shazam uh, was a really fun movie. You know, like... I, there's nothing else I could put to that, that. That's my best review of of Shazam. It's fun, you know. Like, yeah, I had a good time. It's I got laughed. a lot of heart, and I like that. It, um, despite being like the most lighthearted film that the DCU has, it's not toothless. Yes, it, like, it has a family story going I love on. The Foster stuff. I think my favorite scene in the movie is that confrontation with his mom. Yeah, just like wow, that's some real shit. Yeah, exactly. That is, great and i feel like that that he's so good as shazam i feel like that's, zachary levi yeah he's is is what really sells it mm. it's like he is 
he embodies it somehow, you know? Yeah, like, they really leaned on... It's very much like um, Jeff Johns's like, reinterpretation yeah, like a kid. of Suzanne. I think if you're... Um, if you're more like a f- old friend of ours, Nicholas Prom, if you're more of a fan of like an older iteration of Captain Marvel, yeah. it might sort of disappoint you that like Captain Marvel's not just, I mean, it just kind of turns into Superman. Yeah. I feel like it was the right way to go to make it palatable for audiences to really lean into the whole, like, he still has that mentality. Of yeah, that's still a kid thing. Because yeah, it's, it's an ultimate, like, projection yeah. thing of just like I could be a hero I have the power to transform into a superhero they really lean into that and I think that was for the better yeah I and think the so costume too. looked good yeah it looks great yeah. and it looks great and I, and I am excited for Black Adam yeah like, and there uh, is plenty like, and there are plenty of like easter eggs and stuff for like older Captain Marvel comics yeah. like I love that the post credit scene was <laughs> Mr. Mine yeah you're like what <laughs> I like almost I almost like fell on the floor <laughs> laughing in the theater I'm just like wow <laughs> wow <laughs> the alien caterpillar yeah you're like oh okay so it's like we're going there I love it <laughs> do it do it if only the MCU had the courage to put MODOK in one of these movies <laughs> you they cow- have they you have cowards Mo- they have MODOK they just made him uh... that's not MODOK you're thinking of Baron Zemo yeah yeah not Baron, Baron Zemo, Zemo. Um, Arnim Zola yep yep I am that's exactly what But that was, was a clever way to do that it. That was a clever way to do it. Hold up, uh, bring him. <laughs> after Shazam. Shazam. Shazam is Endgame. Endgame. So, yeah, like you said, Endgame is a celebration of everything Marvel. Like, Absolutely. you know, like there's no there's there's no other way to put it. Is that is it's summing up 10 years of of good movies, mm-hmm. you know, like some some as we already covered some good. Yeah. <laughs> but overall the average is good. The average is good. <laughs> we have to put the average to the test. Uh and like I feel like this it it was the fastest three hour movie I've ever sat through. Definitely. Like and I'm even talking about Lord of the Rings. I love me some Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> extended it doesn't yeah or give me bust. The, yeah exactly extended cut or nothing. And but if if I have to say, I you ble- you breeze through those three hours mm-hmm. uh, in Endgame, you know, like you just fly through them, you know, like and I really en- I enjoy that part of it almost like, more than even the rest of it. <laughs> I feel like, and this is just my interpretation. I feel like Endgame at one point was probably slated to be a more like straightforward Infinity War continuation, yeah. but then they felt like, well. This is kind of like an end it is. for a lot yeah. of people, and I feel like we need to lean into that more. Yeah. And then they did. And, and there's there's so many great things about Endgame. I'm not saying Endgame's bad. Endgame is great. I'm just saying I prefer Infinity War because mm-hmm. of the tightness. But and to be fair, I'm sort of glad that they went in sort of like an unexpected direction. No, yeah, because exactly. I feel like um, Endgame could have very much been just the third act of yeah Endgame, just yeah. as a whole movie. Exactly, it could have just been that. It's just like we failed, but we're gonna try again and we're gonna do it this time. <laughs> Exactly, but and and that and I feel like the movie accomplishes so much too. Mm-hmm. It, it it does a a great superhero uh, time travel plot, like you know, which is hard. The only other person it's, to do that is Days of Future Past. It certainly helps that they decided to go a very Dragon Ball logic yeah, approach like, to time travel, and that just like it doesn't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. It's just like what happens when you transfer. It just branches off. It's like, but does it like re? No, it just branches off. There's there's some version out there where it caused some stuff, but it doesn't affect us. It's a very Dragon Ball. Just like I don't want it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. We don't want to deal with it. I just want. You you guys just want to see the Battle of New York again, all right? Don't you? Don't don't you? Shut up and eat your popcorn. (laughs) 
But yes, Endgame is 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 great. It's a great way to end the series. Like you know, like yeah, the, like if you never wanted to watch any of the MCU after that, like you could stop here and you'd be fine. Yeah, you'd be fine. But it's like maybe watch Far From Home as an epilogue. But we'll get to that. But like you, you're good. And which it, it is. Far and From Home I feel is like, an epilogue. And I felt like Marvel Studios like knew that that like there was going to be plenty of people who was just like this is it for me because this yep. is an ending. Yeah, and I feel like they do it. They nail it. You know, like everybody goes out right. Yeah. Except, uh, except for Black Widow, she kind of gets fucking kicked on. <laughs> I wouldn't call it because I've heard some people call it fridging. I don't feel like it's really fridging. No, I wouldn't say. Fridging. And I do think it's well within her character as a person who's felt like she's sort of irredeemable, and the one thing she wants to do is do something right to make up for all the horrors she'd done before yeah. she became the Shield because she was an assassin. Yeah, it makes so sense. So I get like the full circle like redemption thing. I get it, and I get why they did I it, just but always, I also understand why people feel cheated. I just always feel the, I always think of the meme of Lois, uh, Lois from Family Guy jumping down the stairs when in relation to Black Widow. They're like, they're like, one of you has to die, and Black Widow's just like, BOOM! You know, like, she just, like, throws herself. It's like, I get, like, I get why they did that, I and I understand it, and I like that they did that, yeah. but I'm not going to argue with you if you felt like you kind of felt cheated or yeah. like she felt like yeah. she was kind of done dirty. Um, I feel like the best But she might get a single movie, so, it, you know. <laughs> I was, I did get emotional with, um, I didn't cry, but I was getting there with Tony, even though I yeah. knew he was dead man walking from the yeah, start. Yeah, of course. His contract but was up. But they do a good job. His contract you know, like, was up. He's the face of the MCU. Like, he is dead man walking, and yeah. I still was just like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, Captain America was a perfect ending for me. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. Like I had a date. <laughs> I had it's it's yeah it's full circle. Yeah, I had a great. date, and it's pretty much just like I know some people have like argued that it's sort of selfish for Captain America to go and yeah. like live his life. Just like I think he's more he than more than that. deserved it. Like, like I love that it's Captain America being rewarded for being the best person. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. It is great. All right, next up on the list after Endgame is it Far We only from home? have two more as far as the movies. As far as movies go? Yeah. Yep, it's Far From Home. Far From Home. So Far From Home, this is the only live action movie where they get the Spider-Man action right, mm-hmm. I feel like. we were. I was saying it earlier, the final scene in this movie had me hype as hell. Oh, like, it's so good. It's so good and so Spidey. You know, like, he can't win... There's, he has to take down things that, like, are, he has to web them. So it's, like, very, a spy, only Spider-Man can solve this problem, and, of course, he can't solve this problem, you know? Like, and he still does. Yeah, and, like, the, the set pieces and the polish are better than Homecoming. It feels like it has a lot more it's definitely a slow beginning because they're trying to shove the epilogue in, but it definitely yeah. sets up everything, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so it's kind of needed, you know? Like, because it is a great twist in the middle. We don't spoil it, but it's a great twist. And I really do enjoy Jake Gyllenhaal as, as Mysterio. Mysterio. He so had, oh, again, another actor that didn't have to go Mysterio this hard. has always been one of those for me. I feel like he's a fan favorite for Spider-Man, fan favorite. Fa- for Spider-Man villains. I've he's, wanted him as a villain forever. He's never been a villain that's like really spoke to me. And then I feel like I kind of got it with yeah. this movie. I'm like, all right. All right. I see the appeal. I see this. It's like very well done. He's like good villain, interesting. I think it's sort of arguable whether you might prefer him or Michael Keaton because Michael Keaton is great. Is, is great, but Jake Gyllenhaal, I really think, sends it. 
Yeah, you know, and like I feel really like it's, does. it's good that it was different enough. I feel like this movie had teeth. Yeah. There's still some of like the, and we were talking about this before we started recording, is that my, I think my biggest problem with the MCU version of Spider-Man is that he's very, he's, everything is handed to him. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about Spider-Man is that. Is the struggle. Is that it's about a kid who has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. And you sort of undermine that when, just like, ah, Tony gave you these glasses. Ah, he's like, oh, you're trapped in this other kind. I'm happy we'll pick you up. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's just like, uh, and, uh, I'll say it again, white privileged Spider-Man. White privileged <laughs> like, Spider-Man. He's, he's still a good kid, but still. But still. like I and, I and I will say it, Tom Holland is my favorite Peter Parker. Like, he really, I feel like he nails that. Uh, high school Peter Parker really really well you know like that like and he gets it this might know? be blasphemous but I still I still love Garfield in the first Amazing Spider-Man I, he is good he's good Garfield he's fucking good Spider-Man. and yeah. he's good yeah he is I do love that it's just like wrong place wrong time I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry like you, you really didn't get like a fair shake no it's kind of like for me with the different Batman actors I don't feel like there's ever really been a bad choice for Batman there have only been good and bad Batman movies yes Exactly. George Clooney's still a good choice yeah, George for Batman. He's a good choice for Batman. Wrong movie to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on. Moving on. The last one is going to be all me because it is Joker. All right. All you go for it because I haven't seen Joker and I'm a bad person for that. And I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Joker, I do enjoy. I do think it's. Um, I do think it. a lot of it comes down to Joaquin Phoenix. I think it is like a mesmerizing, transcendent performance yeah. in a film that doesn't quite know what it wants to say. Really? Yes. Because I've heard it's saying a lot of things. I do think it's saying a lot, but at the same time, I feel like the... Um, <laughs> sounds mean. But I feel like Todd Phillips isn't as smart as he thinks he is. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> <laughs> Because a lot of it sort of feels like confused, and it feels like it wants to say something, but it does, it's kind of afraid to go too far in some places, and then it kind of reels it back. So it just sort of feels like it's all over the place. What helps that is that this film really is from Joaquin Phoenix's Joker's point of view the entire time. Yeah. I don't think there's a single scene without him. Really? Like, it is his Movie. story. Yeah, that's awesome. Everything is from his perspective. That's cool. And I feel like that helps because he's a person with mental illness. That everything just seems all over the place. I yeah. like what they do with it. He's great in it. It's very dark. <laughs> I'm excited. And I really want to see it. And I, I like I the um, feel bad about it. And I mean, there's really spoil. There is there's Bruce Wayne stuff in it. Ooh. There is. Oh, like young Bruce Wayne. There is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm there, bro. <laughs> no, I want. I was. I'm there anyways. It's fucking Batman shit. I'm fucking there. Yeah. I don't and give a um, shit. I'm sorry. With, that, I didn't with go. that being said, young Bruce Wayne, you know where we're going with this. Yeah. But the reason I forgive it here is because the way this movie is done, it sort of shines a light from it and you see it from a different perspective. Yeah, interesting. That's okay. why I forgive it. Even if it's repetitive, you know where I'm going. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like I know what you're implying. Because you shine the lens of because you did it from a different perspective, you're just like, oh it's shit. Okay, you justified it. All right, you, you justified, justified it a little better than BVS because even BVS, the only reason it's there is for but the BVS. Thing. That is a great sequence they got. It's there. oh, it's, it's super it, well it done. It may it's, be the most beautiful. masterful part in a bubble, of that movie. In a bubble, taking the fact that we've seen it done too many times, yeah. it is gorgeous. Yeah, it really is. It's one of those things where you're just like, wow, they nailed that. It's just like, oh, <laughs> 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 okay. So we're done with movies. Yep. What's now? 
I'd say the last thing to end out because we've been talking for a long yeah, we time. Yeah, we've been talking for a long time. Is for as far as catch up is talking about the uh, Marvel Netflix shows, live action Netflix. So shows. okay, so there's some I'm missing here, mm-hmm. uh, and some you've 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 seen most of them except for Punisher season two and Punisher season two. Okay, that's, that's it. it. That's the only one you haven't seen. I haven't so seen starting... Luke Cage season two. I haven't seen uh, Iron Fist season two. I haven't seen. Does Daredevil get? So we'll go. We'll go in order. More than one, two seasons. We'll go in order. All right. Yeah. Well, we can't go much longer. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna try to do this rapid fire. Rapid. We're gonna do. So this we'll just do fast. it like collectively instead of doing like oh the first season came out here, second season yeah. came out here. We'll just yeah. do it. Collectively. We'll just do it collectively. So Daredevil. Daredevil, Daredevil. had three seasons. Yes. Which I haven't seen the third season. See one and two. Third season was excellent. Yes. It was the best of the three. Nice. Yes. That's amazing to say. Um, I Daredevil is one of those shows where they finally did like the con you know like they they stuck to it you know like they stuck to who daredevil is and i really enjoyed that you know? yeah like, it was gritty it was grimy it felt like it was appropriate that we got this as a series yeah as opposed to a movie because it feels like that's exactly where it belongs it needs more time to tell its story yeah. you know like it's... uh vincent d'onofrio is sublime yeah. <laughs> as wilson seriously Fisk. so good so good He's... I think he's like because I know I know like the movies act like the Netflix shows don't exist like they still take place in the MCU I always make the joke Wilson Fisk is my favorite MCU character yeah. and... even if the movies want to pretend like these shows don't exist and I think you're right you're right there he's fucking fantastic he is so good he's so good and and I feel like the action in that that show has influenced a lot of action Absolutely. in many uh, not only movies but every other Netflix original show so season one was good uh season two i did like better at the time i haven't rewatched it since mm. uh the first half is everyone's favorite that's the stuff of the punisher yeah that introduced them that had great pathos i loved that whole storyline the second half with the hands people aren't as crazy yeah. about i still enjoyed it it's okay yeah <laughs> season three was um wilson fisk again but nice. wilson fisk really coming to his own as like the kingpin like yeah. he's, he's rocking, taking over he's rocking white suit and everything nice and bullseye is involved they bring bullseye nice. into it it's so well done uh they do they sort of adapt like born again yeah it's like its own season so like uh matt is back in like his black like rags nice. as a costume and bullseye's impersonating him using his costume oh, cool. to like frame him and it's this whole just like after the events of the Defenders, like Matt's just sort of like out of it. And see, that's a done. show I didn't see. I didn't see Defenders. Yeah. Like, and it was it good or was it just the Defenders like, was all right. Yeah, yeah. I was just kind. Of, that's the reason why I didn't jump in. It was I right. heard it was all right, and you know that should have been better. Like it should have just moved. So after Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones season one is Netflix. Actually, Original I would say gold. that I haven't seen Jessica Jones season three either. No? No. Oh, yeah, I haven't either. So Jessica Jones' first season was excellent. I was excellent. not a big fan of the second season. No? No, I, I did not did I don't not even enjoy remember it. the second season. That's did how not I, 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 I kind of stopped The that. focus on, like, her mom and stuff yeah. like that, that was, like, a big part. I just, I did not dig it. And my biggest problem was, like, her, Jessica's specific, like, subplot was the least interesting part of season two. Yeah. I felt like other characters in her cast got the more interesting storyline and that was sort of a problem as well i have not seen season three yep um and yeah i feel uh, david Tennant's fantastic that's all you have to say yeah absolutely all right moving forward moving forward is luke cage luke cage so i saw first first season is amazing it's really good it really is it's one of those like 
it, somehow they fit two villains into a season and it works. You know, like I really, it really works. I think, um, I think in a lot of ways, season two is probably better. Yeah, because I, feel, I like, feel like the second half of season one is not as good as the first one, yeah. but it is strong. It does sort of like drop off. Season two has like just as much like depth, mm. and it has a better villain. Yeah, yeah. Who's the villain? The villain for this one is ah, I can't remember his name. It's eh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great villain. I feel bad that I can't remember his name because I don't remember like him having like a super comic booky name like yeah. Cottonmouth or Something. Diamondback that was easier to remember. Yeah. But interesting villain. And what I liked about season two is that I know you didn't get to it, but they were actually taking Luke on a dark path. Interesting. The um the season kind of ends with Luke being like starting to become a villain oh, that's yeah. interesting so, like he takes over the he takes over the club that cottonmouth used to own weird yeah that's strange but then they're it was starting he, he was like that. yeah like, yeah he was starting to get corrupt it was really interesting yeah. i know you haven't watched buffy and angel but people who have were listening who have watched buffy and angel it's very much like angel season five nice. where they take over wolfram and Hart. um and then and then after that is Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Which is... So I stopped watching this like three episodes in. You and everyone... Okay, no. I've watched all the first season. No, I, I did not season. finish the first season. I thought you were going to say you just watched season one nope. and like was done. No, I, I, I couldn't even finish that. I was like, you're the most boring Danny Rand I've ever Iron fucking Fist. heard. Oh, man. Iron Fist is rough. Rough. Rough, rough, rough. Rough. It's like they nailed... so Like, like we said, Luke Cage... Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all three winners. Yeah, for Iron some Fist reason, is the like the obvious should be cool show. Yeah, and this, they for some reason they just had no idea what they wanted to do with it. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, he's white, but we also want the kung fu." But uh, you know, like, and they just they just they fucked this up. They fucked them. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I did watch all of season one and two. Yeah, season two was an improvement, but it's just it was sort of like a too little, too late too situation. Little. Like, the characterization of Danny got better with the Defenders, his performance in Luke, because he actually does show up in Luke yeah. season two. Nice. And his own second season. He's not as, like, whiny and annoying. He yeah. still has, like, pathos, and he still has his own problems, but it was a lot more interesting, but again, it was, like, too little too yeah, by too, that Yeah, too far. Yep. Like, if you had opened with that, you probably would have been in a much better spot. It yep. still probably would have been the weakest of the shows thus far, but it still would have been like, I still like this. I still like this. Yeah. And then uh, the last one is like is the Defenders. Yep. Well, Defenders and then Punisher after. <laughs> Defenders was Which, okay. Yeah, Punisher though. Let's just fucking skip Defenders. <laughs> like, go on to Punisher. Yeah, that I mean shit. the Defenders. There's not much to talk about. There's it not much fine. Time. It's okay. But Punisher though. I did not watch season two. Season one I did was, not see season two, but season, season one's one was great. Very good. Very good. Very good. I, and, and so, so with all these shows canceled, it's hard for me to go back. It's like, I want to honestly, watch Luke Cage Season 2. I want to watch Daredevil Season 3. I want to watch Punisher honestly, 2. I was caught but, up them getting canceled before the second season and the third season yeah. where Punisher and Jessica Jones even came out. Knowing that they were canceled, I just... Yeah. I just, Punisher especially because it just kind of came out in the middle. With Jessica Jones, they said they, they at least marketed it as like the, yeah, final season. the final season. So that... It's like, but I was just like so bummed out by yeah. the whole thing that I was like, I don't know. So I've been through so many cancellations <laughs> of like shows that I love in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so tired of it. 
So, I mean, it's interesting to talk about these things, but we didn't even bring up the DC shows. We're not even bringing up, you We're know, talking like, list. what, DC Universe? We're talking uh, Arrow. We're talking uh, uh, Flash. We're talking uh, uh, Tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so... talk- we can quick do these guys because they're a lot. And, and I feel like it's cover. mostly going to be me. <laughs> yeah. But I have watched. Okay, so I haven't seen much of Arrow because. I didn't like I didn't like the first season, so I kind of I didn't like on. the first season. It was just Batman Begins, but worse. Yep. Second season was really good, and then it fell off a cliff after that. Yeah. And that's all you need to know. Uh, Flash, I feel, has gotten muddled, but it started off and what got a stride. Flash's for a bit. first two seasons were very good. Very good. After season three onwards, has been really rocky. Yeah. Season three was another speedster villain. And done yeah. very poorly. Season four, we didn't do a speedster villain this time. We had a villain called The Thinker. And that was really interesting. He was the best part of the season. He was a really fascinating yeah. villain. Enjoyable to watch. He's yeah. like, but I never, he's like, but I never finished it. Yeah, you were just It like, just no. started to win. I think my big problem is, like, I think I'm getting tired of, like, 22, 23 episode season yeah, shows. seriously. Where it's just, like, padding, padding, padding. Something important to the plot actually happens mid-season. Padding, padding, padding. Yeah. Finale. Yeah. Like, I just get tired of, like, spinning At their Supergirl, wheels. Supergirl, I feel like it, there's things that you can like about Supergirl, but overall it's kind of not Supergirl, good. Supergirl, I couldn't watch past the pilot i thought the pilot was really bad uh pilot's rough i watched most of the first season of of supergirl i think it gets better i think it there's a, there's a few episodes with the martians that look great but then there i've seen clips of the newest episodes and they just look bad and then um legends you know? of tomorrow i watched the first three seasons of that yeah i've only seen it's, the first legends one. of tomorrow is weird because they um the show kind of just reinvents itself in its second season yeah yeah the first season was like this uh, time travel shenanigans stuff, and we still keep that. But season two just kind of realizes how ridiculous this all is, yeah. and it leans into that. Good. It becomes very funny, very lighthearted, and it made it a much more enjoyable watch Gosh. after that. Legends of Tomorrow wasn't the thing where it's like I was losing any sleepover, like kind of yeah. dropping, but it was always like a fun thing to watch every exactly. week. Exactly. And you watched Black Lightning. I have not seen Black Lightning. I but... watched. Um, Mo, I watched all of season one of Black Lightning, mm. and I watched like two, right? half of the second season. Nice. Black Lightning is really good. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly good. I want to see that. Um, it has it has that sort of like Luke Cage is like we're going to talk about some real shit. <laughs> real shit. So CW show does that cover every CW show? Or are we missing some bullshit? Uh, Batwoman's out, but I haven't watched. Oh, I haven't it. watched Batwoman yet. So I. And now we have the DC Online service, DC which we Online. have not seen. Any I of haven't. That. Okay, I've watched all of Swamp Thing. Yeah, Swamp Thing is excellent, and I'm sad it was canceled. Yeah, it was so good. For me, all these DC services, I'm not as much as I'm a DC guy. I'm not signing up for the streaming service. I'm not doing. Yeah, that. especially with HBO Max on the way. Exactly. And it's very and like I'm just my narrowing my eyes. It's very suspect. You're just like, hmm. I don't know how long, much longer this can last because it's so niche. So yeah, D. Uh, HBO Max, if you didn't know, will have all of DC Universe on its streaming service. So, sure, HBO Max is the most expensive streaming service that's going to launch, but it will have... It has a huge umbrella. It's got a huge umbrella, and and my favorite part of that umbrella is the DC stuff. So I already paid for HBO, so I'm just going to fucking switch that shit to Max. I haven't watched Young Justice Season 3 yet. I'm glad it's back. I want it. 
what I wanted to do because it's been so long since the show got canceled. I wanted to rewatch the first two seasons and yeah, then jump into get. it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Doom Patrol, I have heard, is excellent. Yep. I haven't watched it. I heard Titans is garbage. It looked like garbage. <laughs> it looks like garbage. And it's just. It's... And Swamp Thing was great, and it sucked that it got axed. Yeah. It, so, I mean. If you guys can think of something we didn't cover, leave it in the comments down below. I feel like we covered a lot. We've been at this a while. Yes. But I feel like this was kind of necessary after being, like, gone for so long. Yes. Even if it's only a few people who are, like, still around, this is for you. This is for you. So, basically... Uh, we're from now on the episodes will be kind of topic episodes, you know, like yeah, we'll, it's we'll very cover general. Topics, very general stuff. Uh, but this was our big catch up. This will not be like every episode. This but was this just... will mostly be for the better, better because it sort of frees ourselves up. Because I do remember in the real books for um, real books uh, don't have Batman days. We would sort of almost not do episodes. Just like, that doesn't really fall into the category. Yeah. Sometimes we would avoid it. Yeah, exactly. So With this, I, this opens it up. Yeah, exactly. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, click that like button, that subscribe button, you know, go it to could, our it could be a nu- It could be a number of things depending on how you're listening to this. Just, you know, keep listening. And, of course, go to galaxygeek.com where... Our articles are that if you want to get even more deep with us, like if this podcast wasn't fucking enough, uh, you can you can you can check out our reviews on galaxyofgeek.com. Yep. And that's where this will be posted from now on. So thank you guys for tuning in and I hope you tune in next time. Yep, see you then. See you. Adios.